Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, December 19th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all today. I'm going to open the phone lines right now. Start dialing. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join me. 855-950-3835 is the number. Start dialing. We'll get to those calls here as soon as they start coming in. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, anything at all. Just pick up the phone and join me. You know, we are officially starting the least productive two weeks of the entire year. Nothing ever gets done this time of year. Sometimes I wonder why we bother showing up to work at all. Maybe we should just take these two weeks off, make the whole two weeks a national holiday. Nothing gets done. Um, I, you know, I, I may, no, actually I'm not. I was going to say I may work on some of my projects because I have a bunch that need to get done. But other than doing the show, uh, I'm going to take it easy these two weeks and kind of recharge and get ready to start the new year. Got a lot going on, but I, I think for the most part, I'm going to kind of chill a little bit and relax and recharge for the next couple of weeks. So the schedule, if I remember right, um, so I know I'm off both Fridays, this week and next week. And I think both Mondays too. So I think there are two four-day weekends coming up maybe. Then after that, we'll get back to work. Like I said, nothing happens. You can't get anything done this time of year. So it's better to just uh, sit back and chill a little bit. Now, if there's freight out there, go move it. The, uh, the numbers are pretty mixed right now. It looks like we're really starting to see uh, some of the downturns happening. I have uh, just, a, calls are already starting to come in, which is awesome. I'm going to get to them. I do have a, a couple of, you know what? I'm just going to go to the calls. I'll hold on to those. Maybe I'll do them in a commentary. Uh, let's get started today in Wisconsin. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I'm headed down to pick up my first order from Azure Standard. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, uh, uh, they come uh, through my area, Green Bay, like a monthly or so, you know, and it's been such a hard time trying to find that A2 half and half and so I just ordered it from them. I ordered four cases, and um, so once a month I can head down there. And, and uh, so yeah, this is my first order. Just going to get it now. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll I uh, we get an order every Tuesday, so we have uh, we have a place that's about twenty minutes away um, that we would normally go for grocery shopping and that kind of stuff. Anyway, we pick up there three times a month, and then we actually have a. Uh, a, a personal residence that we pick up once a month here in town. So it's really convenient. But uh, 
yeah, we, we put in our orders over the weekend. I think we have till Sunday at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Then we pick up on Tuesday. So, boy, you know, since I started using them, we just don't go to the grocery store all that often anymore. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, um, their pricing, to be honest with you, like they're half and half, uh, actually is cheaper than what I was buying local. And much, much, much better quality. You know, between between the, um, the meat places where we, and, and I get some of my meat from Azure Standard. They have a frozen uh, option as well. So you can get chicken and beef. I don't, I don't think I've seen much pork where I am. Um, so sometimes I'll get some meat on that order cause it's all regenerative. It's the same quality between the places we order meat from, uh, thrive market, which is where we get a lot of our pantry stuff. They have such a great selection and their prices are even better. And then as your standard, between those three, it's pretty rare that I go to the grocery store and it, it you actually save a lot of money. Both of them are far less expensive than the grocery stores. Yeah, yeah, and then the time and uh, it's uh, I'm actually amazed at how many products that they actually carry, and uh, it's kind of interesting, um, you know, me being in Wisconsin, so they got to travel a pretty good distance, so. Uh, with the, lo- the latest storms and that coming through. So we got delayed a little bit. You know, they came through Wyoming. I-80 was closed. And so we kept getting updates. It was kind of interesting. But lo and behold, they'll be here within the hour, and I'll be down there and on my way home uh, probably within an hour or so. So I, I'm pretty excited. So pretty yeah. seamless uh, um, experience, you know. Not difficult at all. Um and like I said, just on what I've seen pricing-wise, very, very, very reasonable, for sure. Yeah, it is. And, and the quality of the products and the, and the fact that, you know, they're local, most of, you know, around the country, they contract with local farms and local providers. So um, it's much better for our supply chain. It's better quality products. The prices are excellent. And once you kind of learn the system and it's not complicated, it is far more convenient than the grocery store. So our typical pattern is there's, you know, once the order window opens up, we go in and we start an order and you check out right then. And then that order stays open until your cutoff time, which is a couple days before they deliver. So anytime I think of anything, the order's open. I just go in there and I add it to the list. And it's like you do your shopping all week long yeah. and then it shows up and it's there. And it is just, it, it's so convenient, but the, the quality of the products and the pricing is why I do it. And then it turns out that it's actually more convenient than yeah. going to the grocery store. Yeah, if there was, uh, if there's one hiccup, and I don't even know that I'd call it a hiccup, but uh, like you said, so if you go in and you do your first order and check out, um, and then you go in like later in the week or whatever and start adding things. The only issue is that you don't get notification of the add-on stuff, um, you know, like until the end, you know. Oh, so yeah. At first, I didn't, I didn't know if they got, I didn't know if they got the addition, but well, but other can, than that, yeah, yeah, very, very seamless. 
Yeah, if you're not sure if something's on there, just go look in your cart. Everything you add is right there in the cart. I don't think they call it a cart. Right, right, right. But like, uh, maybe they call it something else. But you, you can always go look to see what's on your list. Because by the time I, you know, throughout the week, I'll think of something. And then I'm not sure if I've already added that something or not. So I'll have to go in and look on the list and see. And sometimes I've already added it. Sometimes I haven't. So it, it really, like I said, once you kind of get into the flow of it, it, it really is convenient. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, right around Thanksgiving, I told you my the kids were coming home. I have a son and a daughter-in-law that are chefs and I was all excited to show them, you know, the hot honey and all that. And so my son looks at that and he goes, yeah, what's the big deal? Been doing that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, that, and then he goes, now listen to this one. I've never heard of this. He goes, yeah, he says, uh, I'm playing around with some different methods of, uh, you know, of fermenting. I go, oh, like what? He goes, well. We don't really, we don't use a brine. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, we add our salt in and then we vacuum seal it and we let it, we let it ferment that way in a vacuum seal with no brine. You know, that's <laughs> similar to, yeah, that's the same as the way we make kimchi or um, sauerkraut a lot of times. For those types of dishes, we don't yeah. really use a brine. We just rub the salt into the cabbage and then pack it into a jar and put a lid on it. Vacuum packing, it's not a bad idea at all. I just wonder what happens as it starts to ferment. Yeah, he, uh, he's been doing uh, like peppers and uh, different kind of berries. and So here I was all excited, all proud of myself. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. he, he looked at me like yeah what's the big deal well that's awesome you know, so, you know it, it's anyway, good to see i i don't yeah, think I it's it ever was... going to catch on in any big way but it, it's you know i can remember eight years ago if you talk talked about fermenting stuff people were just totally lost they had no idea what you were talking about now it, it's starting to make a comeback yeah so I'll tell you what I did. The other night we made wings, and uh, the one thing I do is I use the regular buffalo sauce, and then I put the hot honey in, and then, you know, the, all those peppers that I ground up, I got in vinegar. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a paste kind of. So I put a couple, you know, spoonfuls of that in the mix, shake it up, and I'll tell you what, some of the best wings I've ever had, i got to be honest with you, very, very good sauce. You know, the, the interesting thing with fermenting is, I mean, we, we started doing it for the health benefits, the probiotics, it releases more nutrients. The biggest reason I continue, I mean, that's obviously important, but the other thing that I found out is fermenting creates flavors that don't exist without fermentation. There's no spice you can use. There's no seasoning. There, the only way to get some of these flavors is through fermentation. So it creates a whole new flavor profile. And now that we started fermenting with the honey, that's a whole new set of flavors. And I agree that the best wing sauce I have ever made was just this last time um, when I took the peppers out and created a hot sauce. So I did the, 
I do the same thing. When I take the peppers out of a hot honey batch, I just cover them in white vinegar. So I pack them into a container, whatever it might be, put in just enough white vinegar to cover them. And that keeps them preserved forever, basically. I mean, they can stay out. They're still sort of technically fermenting that the the acetic acid in the vinegar really slows down the fermentation, but they're still shelf stable. So I have jars of those just sitting in my pantry now and I'll use them to make stuff. You could make a paste and then use that to cook yeah. with or really you just take those peppers in white vinegar and, and start blending them. And you can blend them into a sauce and then you can add garlic or whatever you want. And I am coming up with some of the most incredible tasting hot sauces from those peppers. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I'm not a real hot lover because to me, you know, that, that heat comes on so fast. But the way you do this with fermenting, it changes the way that whole heat comes on. It's just a subtle, you, uh, it really changes that whole texture. It, it's amazing. You know, one of the differences, if you were to take just a jalapeno, a raw jalapeno and eat it, if it's too hot, it's really uncomfortable. It's like everywhere it touches your mouth, you feel that burning sensation. When you ferment them and turn yeah. them into hot sauces, it the, the heat kind of spreads out more into your whole mouth and you start to get some flavor out of it. I, that's the difference to me. A lot of times just hot peppers, they're just so intensely hot. Whereas when, once you ferment them, it, it's still the same level of heat, although vinegar actually does take away heat. So when you add vinegar to peppers to make the hot sauce, that does tame the pepper somewhat. Uh, but it, it, like you said, it kind of changes the whole dynamic of how you taste that hot. Yeah, my wife, uh, you know, has uh, her daily eggs and bacon and avocado. And what she does now is she takes that hot honey and squirts it over that whole dish. It, it, I know, and, it's uh, incredible. She loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah, good stuff. She really, she really loves it. Yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, something a little off topic. Uh, I, you haven't really talked about it. Uh, how's your coach coming along? I was just kind of curious. Um, good question. I need to, we, we were just talking about <laughs> it yesterday because we're looking at our schedule um, we have a big natural food show down in, I think it's in Anaheim, um, really, really big convention kind of show. It's not open to the public. You have to be some sort of a retailer of food products. So we're registered for that in the beginning of March, and then we have to be in Louisville at the end of March. So I want to be taken off out of here like the second week in February. Um, so we're really only looking at about, uh, it's only about seven weeks out. So I've, I've got to go down there. They are, they're working through all the mechanical stuff right now, which is what has to get done before we leave. Um, we need to go down and start making some decisions on the remodeling stuff. Like we're putting a new refrigerator in before this one gives up the ghost because to change a refrigerator out of these things, the whole front windshield has to come out. 
Uh, but I've also got a chip in the windshield. So if we're going to take it out, we might as well just put in new glass too. And we're probably going to redo the tile and the flooring. So I, most of that stuff probably isn't going to get done ahead of this trip. We'll probably just get all the mechanical stuff done. Maybe some of the the smaller remodel stuff, and then we'll just have to bring it back. Well, yeah, sounds good. Pretty interesting. And uh, hey, one last thing: uh, the interview. Uh, you know, when you have Doctor Wilson on, he's just he's just so phenomenal, and uh, it must have been uh, really interesting for you to be down there. And, you know, it's probably like walking around with a rock star when you're at those conventions and that. And uh, I think the guy is just brilliant. I mean, uh, his thought process and how he works through things. And, and uh, I've, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people about health and that. And I've recommended a few people there. And I don't know that they've gone there. But, you know, uh, he would be the number one. I, I mean, there's one. He's probably one of like three people. But he's he's. He's one of the best that I, you know, that I've read and uh, listened to, and he's just a phenomenal guy. You know, I, I've always known that his health advice is top notch. I mean, it, the, I would say the same thing. If I need help health wise, I know I'm going to first. I'm going to him. Um, he, he's got the background in medicine. He understands the body. He was able to make that switch and realize how screwed up that system is. So as far as his health knowledge and advice, I, I've always known that's the guy I want to go to first. What I learned on this trip, he's the real thing. He, he is so genuine. What you hear from him is exactly the way he lives. There, there's He lives it. He breathes it. He talks about it all the time. That is who he is. He, he's just, he's the real deal. There's no doubt about it. So it was, uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, interestingly enough, we talked very, very little about health or food or nutrition. Um, you know, we, we just spent the time kind of getting to know each other and hanging out in Vegas, you know, going to meals and, but walking through the, um, the the convention was it, it was interesting. Like I said, we we didn't get ten feet most of the time, and somebody was stopping him to talk to him when he was doing his book signing. I disappeared for several hours. I actually went and took a nap because there was you couldn't get near him. So it's uh, he's been doing this a long time. He's he's active. He still speaks a lot. So um, I got to meet a lot of really interesting people that I would have never met if I wouldn't have been hanging out with him. Uh, his wife wasn't there, was she? No, she's been to that uh, convention before. A again, you know, when, when he talks about, you know, his whole approach to life now, eat well, live well, think well, uh, he repeats that over and over. He means it. He lives by it. Um, they are very, very family focused now. Um, he doesn't work anywhere near the hours he used to work as cardiologist. Um, she, I don't believe practices at all anymore. They really spend a lot of time with their kids. Yeah, I, uh, and, and I, I, I guess I understand that. It's just, uh, she, she has got so much to give as well. I mean, um, 
she's a pretty brilliant woman from what I've read and some of the stories. And and, and look, she got him to change his views. That's right. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely interesting people, that's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Like I said, um, the, the one thing I, I certainly learned on this trip was he he's genuine. No doubt about it. All right. Phone lines are starting to pile up. I'm going to move along. We're going to head off to Missouri. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kev. Um, I uh, downloaded a book. You, you talked about it pretty good when you was uh, on XM there. It's called uh, The Obesity Code. Oh yeah, Jason Fong. And uh, yeah, and I, I can uh, hear a lot of the things you you talk about. Probably came from that book, but uh, very interesting book. I'm getting I'm on chapter seventeen now, but you're good about the wise. But I learned a lot more about the wise. Listen to this guy. He, he it's you know well you listen to it. It's very in depth. Anyhow, so. Uh, yeah, let me let me comment on that. Actually, the interesting thing about Jason Fung's books, for some reason, I don't know why, I skipped them in the beginning. The Obesity Code has been out for a long time, so has the Diabetes Code. I, I don't know why I skipped them. I, I really don't. I don't remember, you know, consciously saying, oh, no, I'm not going to read those books. For some reason, I didn't read them, even though I was reading everything I could find. So most of what I say, even though it sounds exactly like what he says, it's exactly like a hundred other doctors are saying, I didn't get from his books because I hadn't read them yet. Um, whenever the cancer oh, really? code came out, which has been in the last couple of years, I was really interested in reading the cancer code because there aren't that many good books about cancer. His was excellent, by the way. But what I learned by reading that book was how good of a writer he is. Probably one of the best, in my opinion, of all the doctors who have put out books. He may be the best writer of them all. And I don't know if he did all the writing or if he had a lot of help with it or he had a really good editor. Or, or, but they're, you said they're in-depth, and they are, but they don't feel like they're in-depth. You know, they're not like, um, what? you know, even a book like uh, Wheat Belly. A lot of technical stuff to get through in there. It was, sometimes can be kind of difficult reading where Jason Fung's books to me seem like easy reading. Like I just breeze right through them and yet I pick up all this information. He, he's just a, a really good writer. Well, the one thing about it is if you, uh, if you was a person per se that never heard anything about the information in his book, or you've never listened to your show or anybody like you, um, then uh, you you would probably need what he's doing. But I got to tell you, at the first half of his book, it's like, I got it already. <laughs> Just get to the damn meat and potatoes of what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't need convincing is where, where I'm at with that. You know, I, I, I could have did with a lot less of that. It, it, it's a really good point you make. Um, but I, you have to remember, I, I, I've said this many times. I think one of the reasons why we have been as successful ha as we have been, and if you think about our tribe, um, they, they are in about the worst health shape in the country. 
as far as a group of people, an occupation, there aren't many groups that are as unhealthy as truck drivers. There just aren't. Um, and a lot of people look at that and go, oh, what are we going to do? How are you going to help them? They're, they're on the road. They have all these things working against them. But look at how much success we've had. And I often wonder what, what was it that made us as successful as we've been? And I really believe that it was the repetition that we, we were able to say this over and over and over and over every day. You, how many times do you hear me say to people, eat meat, fish, eggs, nuts, and seeds? It, I mean, I must have said that 10,000 times when we were going through that stage or, you know, it, but I, I really believe that our success came from the repetition. We, we've been bombarded right. with the wrong health messages and advice our entire life. For me, that was five decades worth of hearing that stuff over and over and over. So I believe that repetition is absolutely necessary. Ultimately, what, what this comes down to, though, is if, if, you could, if we can just get this message out to people and they start eating the right stuff, we would need a lot less doctors. I mean, they're not necessary. We don't need doctors to tell us any of this stuff. I'm glad they are. And, and I know it needs to start with them and it needs to come from them. But ultimately, if everybody just ate like this, how many doctors would we really need? Well, you'd need a lot. You'd probably just need more drama doctors, really. Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, so uh, surgeons, there, I mean, but it, no matter what, how complicated these diseases or conditions sound like or how complicated we make the human body with all its pathways and receptors and uh, we can make this really complicated. But the answer itself on how to be healthy is really, really simple. Like I've said, we can make the human body unbelievably complicated but the owner's manual on how to live should only be one page. It's not that hard. Well, and I got I got one to pass along for everybody. Um, since you brought it up, the right now, if you get on Audible, um, the, uh, the audio books, I won't say it's on Audible, but I just search for uh, audio books on my iPhone. And uh, the, when you purchase the audio copy of uh, the obesity code for 25 something you also get the cancer code comes with it oh really so that's probably a pretty good bargain that's a yeah, great right deal now. yeah that's a but, great uh, deal so i'm looking forward to that book after this but um it's just so many things i've learned about you know simple things that i remember as he said your grandma says if you snack you get fat i remember my grandma saying that and then you get doing the math and you, you normally you You'd eat three times a day, and it's about four hours apart, four hours of feeding, four hours of fasting. It's just all these things that I didn't realize. I was take like um, meat snacks, and I've talked to you enough. You know, I eat pretty healthy diet. Like today, uh, I've got a, a, a brisket, some brisket I smoked last night, and some smoked jerky in my lunchbox. And uh, in fact, all I brought with me is. Uh, about a one finger deep bag of peanuts, some brisket, some smoked turkey, and uh, some of the uh, cardio miracle that I, I mixed with my water out of my coffee thermos that has no more coffee in it anymore. 
but uh, that, that's my whole day. But I I fasted until 7.30 this morning, and I won't eat till at least noon. And ironically, I'm not hungry. Yeah. You know, here, here's, here's an interesting quote that kind of sums up a lot of what we talk about when it comes to diet. Um, so try to guess while I'm, while I'm saying this quote, which one of the doctors that I've had on my show said this quote. Fatty foods are crucial because they increase satiety and so decrease fat accumulation. Avoid sugar, sweets, and potatoes. Limit bread and vegetables. Meat of every kind may be eaten and fat meat especially. Any guess who said that? Uh, sounds a lot like what Dr. Fung said. But... Yeah, that sounds like a, what a lot of us are saying these days. Here's the interesting thing. Um, it was a trick question. This guy's never been on my show, obviously. It's Dr. Wilhelm Epstein, and that is from a book titled Obesity and Its Treatments, written in 1882. Oh, that's why Dr. Fung recited that from that, because that's what his book's all about. Right. He's not just pulling shit out of a hat, you know. Right. That's why... I remember him distinctly saying that. Exactly. He, 1882. That yeah. Yeah. It's not, none of this stuff is new. It's not a fad. No. This is the way we are supposed to eat. Yeah. And um, like like George McGovern, I bet you he's responsible for killing more people damn near than Hitler did. Yeah, or... Um, uh, oh, shoot. What's the scientist's name that told us we had to start eating this way? The guy that created K-rations. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talk I about him the all the time. I'm drawing a blank on his he name developed right now. He developed He did the guy that developed the rations for the military. Yeah, the K-rations. So his, his name starts with a K, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, right. It's just I not coming to me. escaping me right now, but... Yeah. That um, Azure standard, how do you how do you spell that Azure? Uh, A-Z-U-R-E. Okay, so just like it sounds, I got that right. Yep. And then what was the other outfit you guys were talking about is I, I, I didn't hear the name of the other one. Oh, the, uh, where I get a from. Uh, Thrive Market. Thrive Market. Why? Thrive. Thrive. Yeah, Thrive. It's an online grocery store. It used to be pantry only. Now they even do some refrigerated and frozen. You can get meat shipped from them as well. Um, they find some of the most unique kind of health foods from all over. I mean, I, I have found more good products with them. And you can even shop by like diet type if you want. You can shop by paleo. You can shop by keto. keto. I don't know if they've added carnivore yet or not. Probably not. But uh, just uh, and the pricing is amazing. Now, it's one of those where you pay a monthly or a yearly subscription. I don't know. It's like 50 or 75 bucks if I remember. You could save that much on your first like couple of orders. Club, I can do that Sam's Club or Costco anywhere like that anyway. But 
Yeah, it, it's the same yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You have to have a subscription to shop there. You pay an annual fee, but it is well worth it. Their pricing, I have never been able to beat their pricing on, on just about any product. And a lot of the stuff that I buy through there, I just can't find anywhere else anyway. Yeah. I'll tell you what, back to the obesity code book, anybody that's been a longtime listener of yours, they can pretty much skip the first seven chapters of the book. And then I encourage you not to, so you understand why I would think you could. If you've listened to the show a lot, you you already know. He's just beat in, based on the knowledge you would have from listening to your show over the course of two to three years, He's beat, he just beaten a dead horse. We've already heard it and heard it and heard it. Most people have not, so I get it. The reason why the book's written that way. Yeah, right. but I, I encourage people to listen to that because you learn so much about there's things that you touch on quite a bit, but then uh, this guy's more in-depth on it. Like uh, you, you mentioned one time just in conversation, don't these, these damn juicers, don't, don't drink your vegetables and don't drink your fruit. Eat them. Well, the, the reason why is behind that is explained in this book. It's like the, uh, the uh, carbohydrates and the sugars that's in there, they're also wrapped in with fiber, and the fiber actually reduces the amount of the, the sugar intake your body gets. And just There's just so much information in this book that I, I never knew. Like anytime you put anything in your mouth that has, uh, whether it's a steak or an egg or a candy bar or a lollipop or anything, it spikes insulin in your body. So if you literally, you've always said, don't eat unless you're hungry. If you're hungry, eat. Don't go hungry. I, but explain in, in more in depth, if you if you have at least, if you have 12 hours of feeding time in your day, they need to be three, three times or less of four hours apart or more. But you also need to balance that with 12 hours of fasting time so you, you don't, to drop your insulin resistance, which is another thing you talk about several times, insulin resistance. And it's just, this is an amazing book. I'd encourage anybody to buy it. I, I agree. All, all three of them actually are just really good books. The Obesity Code, the Diabetes Code, and the Cancer Code. Excellent. Like I say, it's just a, he, he's extremely knowledgeable and he's just a really good writer. Yeah. Yeah, it's not hard to understand. So if anybody thought I said, when I said really in depth, it's, you're, you're going to learn a lot, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. Maybe a better way of saying it, you, you just kind of started to explain it. It's not in-depth in all of the science and the facts and the details and the chemical, you know, what's going on on this pathway. What it, It's really loaded with a lot of real-world stuff that, that you get, that you understand. You yeah. go, oh, that exactly. makes sense. That's why I shouldn't be sucking down three smoothies a day. I mean, it, you're right. It's very loaded with stuff, but it's stuff that's easy to understand and put into use every day. I tell you what, even the way my wife and I have ate for last three years, I've been doing this, uh, just mapping out my day on, I'm not going to, you know, besides water or something, I don't take anything in between, uh, you know, for at least four and a half hours a day. And just over the course of a weekend, my wife told me this morning when I got up, she's like, wow, you really look, you really look good. Because I may try, I may try to do that too. It, it's hard to explain. I don't explain. know what would look different. You know, I, I've said when I go to conferences, 
and you're around a lot of people that live this way, you start to see that they look different. It's hard to explain. And I've said they look more human. I I know that's hard to kind of get your head around. Now, the interesting thing was this last conference that I went to, I didn't notice nearly as much of that. One, it was so big. Um, But two, remember, this was an anti-aging. And there was a lot of stuff at this conference that had nothing more to do than just looks. Like, you know, machines that firmed up your skin and, you know, injections that took away laugh lines. And there was a lot of uh, kind of aesthetics about how you look. I I think it's the wrong approach. I think if you if you want to look your best, skip all that crap and just do what we talk about anyway. You end up looking better. Your skin looks better. Your eyes look better. Everything. And, and again, it's hard to describe, but I, I noticed at this conference, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't quite see it as much. And then I started realizing a lot of the, and I'm going to pick on the women here, um, a lot of the women walking around looked the opposite of human. It, they they all had the big puffy lips that, you know, just isn't natural. They're injecting something. And so there was a lot of that mixed into this conference because it was designed for anti-aging. I think that's about as attractive as women wearing a hog ring in their nose. Yeah, I, I, you know, I... I, I look, I'm, you know, do what you want. I, I don't really criticize people for things like that, but I don't see that as being more attractive. All this, you know, the fillers and the, I, it doesn't look natural to me at all. And to me, natural is attractive. Yeah, and it's just like um, that movie Tomb Raider. I can't watch it over that, the, the big puffy lip thing. I mean, Mick Jagger would walk up to that gal in Tomb Raider and go, damn, you got some big-ass lips. I just, I, I don't, that, that whole, you know, injecting your lips and uh, this, all this, you know, crap that they're doing to, I don't know, if you want to get a tattoo, get a tattoo, I'll never have one, and that's great. I'm glad for both of us, really yeah. am, but I just. Uh, you know, the, the interesting just, man, thing. the big puppy lip thing. Yeah, the interesting thing, tattoos. I I got one when I was still in high school, way, way back before tattoos had really become popular. Back then it was biker gangs, and uh, but it it was just kind of starting. So I got one really early, and I think I've got three. I think I've gotten four in my lifetime. I got a small one covered up with... I kind of like them, but I won't ever get another one because I realized how bad they are for you health-wise. We were actually doing a, uh, a one-on-one with somebody, and their C-reactive protein was through the roof, which is a measure of inflammation. And we were trying to figure out why. There was no logical reason. And then while we were talking, somehow the idea of tattoos came up, and this person had just gotten one. And I thought, there's our answer. There's why the C-reactive protein went through the roof. We just, you know, created massive inflammation in the body. Oh. Anyhow, so, yeah, I just, um, I'll, um, I did want to talk to you about the book and get that, made sure I was spelling that as your standard, right? So I want to look that up after work, but 
I got a call I got to make. I'll let you get on to somebody else. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. I appreciate your show. There you go. Thanks for the call. Yeah, excellent books, no doubt. Some of my favorites now. Let's go to Indiana. Steve, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. And you're entirely wrong about this week. Uh, I just, I have, uh, I have five loads between this morning and tomorrow night at eleven o'clock. You know, I <laughs> and I, I booked two while I was on hold for you. <laughs> I, I almost, I almost mentioned that that it never used to be this way when I had trucks. You know, this was still a good time of year to get stuff done and make money. And it's just everywhere else in business. If, if you need, if you're working with other people, and a lot of my projects require other people and partners and other companies, nothing gets done. During these two weeks, you might as well just relax and sit back and chill. Now, I could spend these two weeks working on my part of these projects. But I've kind of decided I could use a little oh, break, too. I, I think I'm just going to I'll do the show. I mean, we're taking Fridays and probably Mondays off for the next two weeks. But other than that, I'll do the show when the show's over. I, I'm kind of chilling. I, uh, I played a bunch of Xbox yesterday. I've read a bunch of good books over the weekend. Um, I, I'm just not going to work too hard for the next two weeks. And then I'm going to come back swinging um, the beginning of next year. Yeah, I, I agree. No, I, I'm finishing up this week, and and when and I had a load canceled this morning. That was a great paying load, and I've replaced it with four others, and uh, actually up the money. But it's stuff I'll do same day. I do pick and runs. I'll do anything when I'm out here to make money. That's yeah. That's why I'm I'm gonna do Matt's kind of net this year around two hundred. Uh, uh, and you can do that if you'll just keep yourself busy while you're out here. Um, and uh, but. But uh, what I wanted to tell you about, I've got a mile and a half before I get to my pickup, but what I wanted to uh, talk to you about other than, than that was, uh, we, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I blasted you all weekend on Messenger with more died suddenly uh, and another and another and another, you know, and I know you've seen that. Uh, I also sent you a podcast, uh, it's about a 40-minute podcast with a foremost uh, a cardiologist from Britain, who was big time promoting the vaccine until his dad died from it. And it's Cheryl Atkinson. She's very, very, uh, very, very good investigative reporter on vaccine. Um, so I sent that in messenger to you. Uh, the, the gentleman's name, uh, the gentleman's name is Dr. Asim Malhorta from Britain. And I would like you to listen to that and just, I mean, it is amazing. You know, I, uh, and he's being pushed back on very, very hard. Yeah. So he's a, he's an interesting guy, actually. I've known about him as a doctor for a very long time. He was one of the first low carb advocates over there. He's, he did a, Correct. Kind of a reality yeah. TV show for a while where he would go in and help people with their health and he'd go into their house and tear their you know, pantry and refrigerator apart. And then, so really interesting guy, but he was a big proponent of the vaccine in the beginning, which shocked me. I, I you know, most of the natural yep. doctors oh, yeah. we work with were exactly the opposite. So I, I was watching him and I was a little shocked. He did a complete 180. He is probably one of the most yeah. outspoken critics of the vaccine now he is all over twitter every day posting 
you know, five and 10 times a day, stories of people being injured by the vaccine, killed by the vaccine. He has said that it needs to be halted immediately, that nobody should be taking it until we actually get the data. Right. And he said he said, actually, when they got some of Pfizer's data from their test, they found that four people in the test group that got the vaccine died. Only one of the placebos died that he said it should have been at that point. It should have been stopped at that point. There's you know, no doubt about it. Uh, so, you know, so like I say, uh, I'm, you know, with 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 uh, with, you know, with that, uh, it's re- very interesting. The the um the the uh, podcast Cheryl's really good. I don't know if you uh, is she she was with CBS. She got canceled at CBS back fifteen years ago because she went after the pharmaceutical company. And you, so uh, she's very very much an investigative reporter. She has her own show on uh, on the uh, uh, that that network of stations that's a little bit more conservative. Uh, and uh, but she's very very good. Uh, and so if you get a chance, look in your messenger. It's about a forty minute podcast but uh you you definitely would be interested i know you you know of him uh he had a lot of new information in this podcast that just dropped the other day so yeah uh, and, and, uh, but you mentioned but, yeah, cheryl, was, cheryl adkinson i follow her as well on twitter it, you know when we first moved to oregon and and you know i was kind of trying to figure out which local news channel i wanted to watch and i flipped around between a couple and obviously i'm in oregon i'm 40 minutes from Portland. So it's extremely liberal here. Um, so I found one of the big three news channels and I, I don't even know which one it is, but it's on one of the three big networks. And that's kind of the news when I want to watch local news, I'll, I'll turn that one on. And I started seeing special reports being advertised during that news show by Cheryl Atkinson. And I never knew who she was. And I was shocked that they were promoting yeah. her so heavily on this channel. And I thought, well, that's probably why of all the news channels in Portland, this station, is the one I actually listen to. Right. Well, that's the station that, that uh, is owned, I think that it's some group that owns like 40 of them around the country. And they, they, uh, they, they make their, their anchors wear a flag the bell. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. they were, that was what they were criticized for at one point. Yeah, uh, she, but she is they, really like say, good. She uh, she got canceled. Oh yeah, she got canceled. Her her she has full measures. Her her right. her show just like sixty minutes called Full Measure. Yep. she does and that every week. It's excellent. Um, but uh, it's an excellent show. Yeah, it is. So so you know, like I say, uh, you know, just uh, you know, like I say, I'll, anytime I see him, I'm just going to send it and say, and another, and another, I and know. another. So oh, uh, it's it's. It is crazy. Well, look, I have got to go in here and drop an hook, and uh, I've got to get these five off between now and tomorrow night. Right? So, uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas! Go. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm going. I'm going ice fishing and snowmobiling next week. Do not tell. Uh, <laughs> do not tell our friend that I'm snowmobiling <laughs> because uh, uh, I'm going up to the UP and uh, do that. We can't. We, we can't do too much ice fishing on the coast of North Carolina. So. Excellent. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, look, my friend, y'all have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Great stuff. Let's go to Indiana. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so this year, I'm going to be giving a lot of uh, gift cards out. And when you give a gift card out, it's just sort of plain. So I was thinking, 
I'd like to uh, to give uh, some hot honey out. So I looked on Google and where can I buy hot honey? So there was a, two two local stores in my area where I could buy it directly. Um, my point is, is basically to tell you about those two things. I don't want to you know plug them or not, but I would so, buy I would buy your hot honey if it was available. So I, I have to believe to that give, to one, give as a gift. One of the brands you found was Mike's. Yeah, that's there was one store. One store had only that, and then the other one had a generic. And I think it was Heinz, but they didn't call it hot honey. They called it something else. But I could tell by the ingredients that's what it was. But um, to attach a car, you know a card to it, so people don't just think they're just getting a card. I don't like hot stuff myself, but I know two people that do, and I'd be to get them interested in it, and then uh, they'll ask me where did you get it. And, but this would be another place where if you had it in your store, I could refer right back to your store, and, and you know it's just one thing to another. I am um, so I, I am actually kind of trying to decide. I, I am about three steps away from creating our own commercial batch of hot honey that would go into the store and be sold. Uh, I just don't know if I want to take on a project that big or not. Uh, we've got some good partners lined up already. Everything's in place. We, we would just have to pull the trigger. And um, I, I've always wanted to create some sort of a food product because, you know, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. This one's so unique. So, that may happen. It's not going to happen, obviously, before Christmas, but it, it, it may happen. That's something I kind of will take the next couple weeks and decide. Um, we've got everything in place. We figured out it is viable. Um, so it's possible. Now, I will say both of those um, hot honeys that you find on the market, they're not the same. They're, they're, it's a very, for one, they're not fermented. So you don't get those same unique fermented flavors. They are what we would call an infused honey, not a fermented honey. So they're infusing okay. the heat in. They may be using a chili powder of some kind. Um, yeah, that's what it said on it, yeah. Yeah, so the difference there is it's going to taste like honey that you added something spicy to. And that's very different from the fermented hot honey. Um, because they're using a powder, the honey is still really thick, like regular honey. It's still very sweet, like regular honey. And then you get the hot kind of over top of it. Whereas when you ferment okay. the peppers into the honey... You create a whole new bunch of flavor profiles. For one thing, the fermentation itself creates new flavors. The fermentation eliminates much of the sweetness because the fermentation converts the sugar to lactic acid. That's where we get the flavors from, and that's why the sweetness starts to disappear. And the honey gets much thinner because we're pulling the water out of the, the peppers or whatever we're infusing. I, I I have some recipes going right now that I'm infusing horseradish and turmeric and garlic and black pepper and rosemary and parsley and, uh, you know, hot peppers. And 
but they're, they're fermenting in there. They're not just infused. So it, it's, it's kind of like you can go get yeah, that, a dill pickle. That makes on, sense about the bottle. Yeah, you can go into the grocery store the bottle, and get a, get a dill pickle like we've eaten all plastic. our life. But if you eat a fermented dill pickle rather than a pickled dill pickle, they're two totally different things. I mean, they, they don't taste the same. This is the same way. The hot honeys that are on the market are not what we're creating here. Two totally different products in my mind. Yeah. Well, I just, when you said that your bottle, that bottle exploded and I saw the plastic, it's like, wow, that's different. So that makes sense. And, you know, I had never heard of hot honey until you brought up the topic. So I'm thinking, well, if I can introduce this into these two people that I know that like hot things, that when you finally do put something out, then it's like, I can give that away. And then they'll wonder, where did you get this? And then it'll go right back to your store. And then, you know, obviously that will lead to many other people. Wow. What is this? You know, <laughs> this is the way I think. And uh, so, uh, yeah, like I say, it's just ideas. That's all. Everything's in place. We've already got our partners. We've got our suppliers. Um, we've got a possible co-packer. Um, I, I would not go out and spend the money to buy equipment so we could pack this ourselves. There, we, we don't. There's too many unknowns still. So in the beginning, we would use what they call a co-packer. That, that's just a factory that packs yeah. food and you contract with I them. like Shark Tank myself. Yeah, so it, it would be, you know, our recipe. We would control the suppliers and the ingredients, but then we just hand it off to a food factory and they pack it for us. That, that's called a co-packer. So right. we've got a couple lined up. Um, some actually, you know, it, it came up this morning and... Um, you know, I've had him on my show several times, CEO of and founder of Azure Standard. Uh, he's a big part of this as far as helping us with suppliers. And it's possible um, they may become our co-packer in this. So, like I said, the next couple of weeks, I, I kind of got to dig deep and make up my mind. Um, I'm almost at the point in this project. I've talked about this book before, The Dip by Seth Godin. Um, on this project, I'm in the dip right now. You know, I've been working on it for several months. I've got played around with tons of recipes. I've had, you know, explosions and, you know, bad batches. And I've learned a lot. And I've got to decide, is this just a hobby or something I make for myself and have fun with and, you know, something new to do in the kitchen? Or is there really a, uh, a business opportunity here? Uh, so that's, uh, that's part of why I'm just going to take the... By the short the, the next couple of weeks off and just kind Judging of by the store shelves, I would say yes. Um, and I would say use word, of, word of mouth yeah. and then your business yeah. will explain, you know, just like everything yeah. else does. You know, the, the beauty of this, we've, we've done the numbers and, and I'm completely convinced we could sell enough of this just to our tribe alone that it would make it worthwhile to do. Yeah. Um, we certainly wouldn't lose any money. Um, it's easy enough to do small enough batches of this, and there is enough potential profit there. So, and that's another reason why we may just pull the trigger and try this. There, there's really not a whole lot of risk for us. Yeah. 
Well, that's all. Um, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. The one thing I, I, I always have to be careful of, um, taking on big projects that kind of take over the company. And then we can't, you know, serve our clients well. So I've just got to be careful of that. All right. I'm going to grab another call here. This is our last call. The board was filled up there, but uh, we kind of blew through them pretty quick. If you want to jump in, still plenty of time today. 855-950-3835. Go ahead and jump in and join us. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes. We're going to head off to Oregon. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. What's on your mind today? Hello. I sent in an oil sample to, uh, to, to you to look at for me. All right. Let you me would. see if I've got it here. Of course I do. Morgan sent it right uh, over. Thank you, Morgan. Uh-oh. Ooh, seeing a couple things that might not be good. Let me figure out what we've got going on here. So... Do we have 1.4 million miles on this engine? Yeah, the exact mileage is not quite known, but somewhere between 1.4 and 1.5, yes. What's your oil consumption like? It uses about a gallon every 8,000. I, I would start scheduling uh, your more. end frame. You know, you, you could probably okay. go out another <clears throat> maybe four months three to four months, but sometime within yeah. sometime within the next three to four months when it makes sense, probably plan it with the vacation, get it, get it in and get it done. Yeah. If you want to keep this truck and keep this engine, it, it's really, it's at it, the end of its usable life. Okay. Yeah. A little bit more history. I, I haul horses and I, uh, I'll drive 30 to 40,000 miles a year, so oh, um, then, I will be keeping it for a long time, then but you I don't could, use it every day like the rest of your drive does. Yeah, then you could go even longer. Um, you know, I was basing it right, on my, time. My one question I had was, my question I had was, you know, the, on the last four samples, the lead and copper have both been adding up. Do those just keep building as the oil stays in, yes. in there? Yeah, all, all wear metals will build up even with the best bypass filtration in the world. The wear metals are too small okay. to filter out. They're less than a micron. So they will build up over time, which is actually a good thing. It doesn't, they don't hurt anything being in there. They're too small to do any damage. It gives us a good indication of what's going on. You know, we see that build up over time. And what right. we're seeing is you're, you're about to lose your bearings. I mean, you've got some time. I would yep. keep a good close eye on oil pressure. Um, and uh, it's possible since you only do 30,000 miles a year, I might just roll a set of bearings in. Okay. You know, the cylinder kits uh, using, using a gallon of oil every 8,000 miles. Let's think about that. You're only going to add four gallons a year. Correct. So I don't think I would do an in-frame. Now, if this was a truck you were running 100,000 miles a year, I'd say, yeah, let's go ahead and do the in-frame. And, you know, you'll get another 10 years out of it if you want or more. Um, but I don't gotcha. even, I don't think in this case I would do the in-frame. I would do the bearings. 
because we don't want to wipe out an engine. Okay, and uh, the, the, the silicon number builds up over time also, correct? Um, no, not... It it can, but yeah. when when we see one at ten, okay. we it, it's time to start looking to see if we've got a leak somewhere. Okay, I do have fleet air filters, so I'll I'll clean those again. But wanted to double check. Yeah, make sure they're oiled right. But I I think given the way you use this truck, I would just roll a set of bearings into it. Okay. That sounds good. I appreciate the help. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. The beauty of oil analysis. We uh, There's so much we can tell. Let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hi, say, Kevin. Well, good morning. What's on your mind today? Oh, daggone notifications on cell phones. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's making that sound like I got a voicemail and I don't have time to mess with it. Exactly. Um, well, I know that in the past you've told me, man, you just got to chill out. Don't tell me that today. Okay. I won't. Um, I know, I know, and pardon the French, but I already know I'm fucked up in the head, but now I got to figure out how to fix it. I have um, some ideas that I didn't have the last okay. Um, 15 times we've talked about this. Well, you know, I know how you do things as far as the way you should eat and not eat and all that good stuff. And I went from 306 to 220 and now I'm back to about 242. And, you know, I know how to do it. But quite frankly, I am so sick of everything. The idea wise, I don't know what to do. I've got myself now to the point where I'm almost afraid to eat, which just pisses me off. So then I end up saying, screw it. I have something that I probably shouldn't do, and I know better. I'm not back to the side. I'm not that level yet, no. But farther away from where I ought to be, um, just as an example, Thanksgiving. We went down to the daughters for Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, quite frankly, has been hell and all holidays for the last five or six years. Thanksgiving ended up being a turkey leg and a half of a deviled egg that I know I shouldn't have eaten, but I did anyway because I just said, screw it. It's It's to the level of depression when it comes to food. I absolutely hate it. If I could never eat again, that would be perfectly fine with me. I don't know what the hell to do. I'm just, I'm sick of it. It, so, it's to the point where my my value to society and to my home life is gone. I've give up playing golf. I give up going to the dirt track races. I've give up so, everything. I was going to list my motorcycle for sale the other day. My wife got mad at me, so I didn't do it. <laughs> it's just I just so, feel fucking shitless. I mean, just so, absolutely shitless. And so I, Herschel, I don't know what to do. I, I have Herschel, no idea. Why? Uh, things what? happen for a reason. If you would have called me six months ago with this call, I would have been depressed. Yes, sir. Because I don't like it when I have somebody on the line that I can't help and I don't know what to do next. And if you would have called me six months ago, and I know your history and we've worked on a lot of things, I, I, six months ago, I wouldn't have known what to say. I, I And that would have been awful. 
Because if I have somebody on the line that's, that's feeling the way you are right now and I can't help them, that would just suck. Here's the good news. I can yeah, fix this. It does suck. I, I, now, I, I now get this. This kind of stuff doesn't scare me the way it used to. I, I, and, and when I say this kind of stuff, I'm talking about um, depression, anxiety, stress. One of the big breakthroughs I just realized after reading the new book, Brain Energy, that what we call depression and anxiety and even things as, as bad as bipolar they are all just manifestations of stress. That's all this is. And they are all metabolic. There's nothing magical about our brain. It's an organ. It does different things than the heart does or the kidney or the liver, but it's an organ. Every other organ in our body reacts extremely well to getting metabolically healthy. So does our brain. It just takes a little longer. And sometimes we have to dig a little deeper. But I am, I, 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 you know, I've been talking about this damn stress protocol for like two and a half years now. Um, and I, I haven't finished it for a reason because it, did, it never felt finished to me. I, I had made a ton of breakthrough. All the things I have figured out absolutely work. But I... I it, there was a point where if I tried to do these things with you, they wouldn't work. They didn't work for everybody. There, there was a point where you got, I, I hate to say it this way, but almost too far gone. What, what I was doing would work if you caught somebody early enough. So that's why I kept thinking I'm missing something here. I, I've got it figured out now, and I, I'm shocked that it's going to come down to supplements, but it is. These are nutritional deficiencies that create this cycle and this spiral, and we've got to get somebody out of those nutritional deficiencies first. Then we can start building the stress muscle. What's changed is just in the last two months, and, and the final breakthrough is at this conference, um, I now know how to solve these nutritional issues. It's stuff I would have never thought about. Vitamin B8. Hell, I, did, I wouldn't even know what B8 is. There's a whole bunch of B vitamins, you know, and they all have a name and a number. Yeah, like B12 B12 is the one you hear about. B12 we hear about yeah. all the time, B6. But I, I, the first time I heard, I'm like, B8? I was talking to one of the, um, the, the people from Biotics, we were talking about stress and all this work I've been doing on it. And like, I still feel like I'm missing something. And he starts talking about B8. I'm like, what the hell is B8? And he says, it's inositol. And I said, really? That's B8? Because it ends in T-O-L. That means it's a sugar alcohol, like mannitol and sorbitol and inositol. I've heard of it. I didn't know it was B8. It is. It's about half as sweet as sugar, so it's actually a sweetener, but it plays a fairly big role in all of this. So part of my supplement regimen, there's, I, I'm trying to decide whether it's going to be four or five. There are, there are four or five supplements that really start to fix the, the, the root cause of what's going wrong with our brain. 
between those four or five supplements, which none of them, by the way, are adaptogens. These are just, one of them is magnesium. I mean, this isn't like crazy exotic stuff we've never heard of. It's the right forms of some of the minerals we deal with all the time. One of them is a little shocking when I, when I heard this one, um, lithium. But I've always known of lithium as a... Eat batteries. <laughs> yeah, well, I've always known of lithium as a heavy-duty pharmaceutical that they use for schizophrenia. You know, if you've ever... Um, probably haven't heard of the band Evanescence. Um, I actually like them quite a bit. They're not really my time, but I, I like their music a lot. She actually sings a song called Lithium, and it's about her because she's had all kinds of mental issues and how she can't live without lithium. And I mean, it's a heavy-duty pharmaceutical, but it's also nothing more than a mineral that we should have in our body. And we know that we are minerally depleted because our soil and our food supply is depleted. We don't need much lithium but we need what we need and we're not getting it from our diet. So we're using a really, here's how, this is, I, I just love biotics. This is what they do. They actually take and grow a plant and they grow it in soil that's been, that has had good quality lithium added to the soil. And then they harvest the plant and we're eating the plant as a supplement. And we're getting natural additional lithium. This isn't a pharmaceutical like they're giving crazy people. Schizophrenia is a pretty severe mental illness. Um, so I was a little shocked when I first heard lithium. I'm like, you're kidding. But now I understand. So I am really close. This is the project I need to come out of the gates swinging with in January to finishing this. And, and here's the way I'm seeing it. I think we're going to have two weeks on adaptogens, two weeks on supplements, and then check some numbers and then move on to the physical protocol. And if you combine that with, you know, I, I would say a mostly carnivore diet, we're going to solve these things pretty quickly. Hmm. You want to be one of my okay. test cases? I just know that, yeah, I, I'm at the end of my rope. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm to the point, the Cincinnati Bengals were playing yesterday. Joe Burrow against Tom Brady, you know, the game, the, the GOAT against Joe Burrow, the next GOAT and the whole thing. And I'm from Ohio, so we watched the Bengals. I actually come home. They were in the third quarter. Looked like a damn good game. And I actually said to myself, and I meant it, you low, good piece of shit. You don't deserve to watch that football game. And I didn't watch it. Hey, That's where I'm at. Hey, Herschel. <laughs> and I, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's disgusting. I, I, I hate it. I, I've, I, I get it. And I hear it. So I, I've got a couple things. One, if you're willing, you don't have to commit to anything now. Um, I will do a personal one-on-one -on -one with you. Um, you know, Lauren does most of that work for us now. I do special cases that I will probably learn something from. Um, you clearly fit into that category. You, you are the, 
the, the, the absolute case that I want to know that I can fix. And I'm 99% sure now that I can. So you, it's perfect timing for that. I've also got another recommendation for you. And I, I want you to take a couple deep breaths. <coughs> and I want you to keep a wide open mind. Again. <laughs> because what I'm about okay. to tell you, I know what your initial reaction is going to be. So I'm going to tell you what it's going to be before I even say it. It's going to be when I All make right. this recommendation, your mind is going to say not no, but hell no. It's the last thing I want to do right now. But it's the one thing that will help get you out of the funk you're in so we can start working on this. You want to know what it is? Shoot, go for it. You have to find somebody else to help. It may be volunteering okay. at a shelter, going to pick up food and taking it to a food bank. It may be finding a, a friend who's in worse shape than you are right now and helping them through whatever they're going through. You've got to go find an opportunity to help somebody else. And I know right now it's the last thing you want to do. Well, it, that's kind of an interesting twist or take on your synopsis because holidays in general, they're just, they're pure hell. I mean, they just are. I cannot wait until January to get then, past all this. Cause to me, it's all horse shit. Then I, skip, I absolutely hate it. Then skip the holidays. Like, I, I can't wait your, for it to be over. Skip the holidays with your family. Explain to them that you're on a mission this year and go work for some charitable organization all through the holidays. I have to do some research on that. I'm not sure where you do that around where I live. I'm sure there's something, but you, I don't you'll know find a place. Like I said, call food banks. They can either, you know, use help on, you know, the days when they're distributing food. They can almost always use help picking up and delivering food. Um, I used to do it a lot with my kids. We'd get up early in the morning. We'd go hit three or four grocery stores. We'd pick up their old items. We'd deliver them to the food bank. There are opportunities and, and, it's going to be the hardest thing to do. Your mind is going to say, screw that. I'm in bad shape. Why would I go help somebody else right now? It's the lot. But I will promise you, it's going to be really, really difficult to get started. But push through it. It's the most important thing you could do right now. I would have never guessed you'd say something like that. That's for sure. Because we're, we're not going to accomplish much in the next two weeks, even if I started with you on the protocol today. It, it's a bad time. No. It, 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 it's so let, let's, let's forget that. That's not going to have a really big impact right now. In fact, it might backfire. It might just make you more frustrated. It, we, we need to get you out of your own head right now. And the best way to do that is go help somebody yeah, I else. Mean and the other way, just a tidbit for you to explain to maybe help you understand where I am. You know, everybody says we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. You hear that all the time, right? Yeah. And in essence, it's true. But in my head, that is not acceptable. You cannot make a mistake. If you do, you're good for nothing. No good. SOB. It's just the way it is. Doesn't hey, make it right. That's the way it is. Herschel. What? Do you, do you understand who you're talking what? to here? Do you know what my philosophy in life is? 
Uh, ready, shoot, what is it? Shoot, aim, and I forget now. Yeah, ready, fire. Ready, aim, fire. Ready, fire, aim is one of them. Jump off the cliff and build your parachute on the way down is another. But here's the big one. And I, I mean this. This isn't just a saying. This is how I do things. Make as many mistakes as you can possibly make as fast as you can make them. It's the best way to learn. Oh, I definitely do that. No, you don't. You make the mistakes, but you don't learn from them because you have the wrong attitude about it. You think it's a failure. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's you true. think that is a failure that's on your true. part. It's not. That, that's the best way to learn something and serve somebody else. It, 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 people, you know, say all the time, how do you learn all this stuff? I go out and try to screw everything up as much as I can because I learn from my mistakes. I don't learn from my successes. Well, here's a, here's a good example. I made 15 batches of hot honey. They all came out great. What did I learn? Oh, you can put some peppers in hot honey and come up with a cool new product. But then I had one explode. That's a failure. I spent eight hours cleaning up my pantry, a whole wasted day. But it wasn't wasted. I learned something. This stuff can keep fermenting. Well, I mean, even, it may seem like a small lesson, e but that, that's how I approach every day. What can I screw up today? What mistake can I make today that I'll even learn Even that. Even that when you talk the hot honey. But you know me, I've done, <laughs> I've been to NTPs, you name it, functional dots, been to a bunch of them. The original food sensitivity test and the second one that I did said that honey was one of my ain't no way jack sensitivities. So I'm scared to death to even try that hot well, honey. Well, don't. don't. I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm literally scared yeah. to do it. Literally. Yeah, and that's why we're not going to talk about food. We're not going to talk about supplements right now because that's not where you are. I think one of my strengths is that I, I, I'm pretty good at being able to meet people where they are. What, what do you need right now? And it's not food or supplements. Um, we need an attitude adjustment. Now, part of that, part of that attitude is part of your diet, but, but we can't fix that part yet. We, we, we've got to fix where you are right now. And it, it clearly don't, don't fall off the wagon completely. Don't go back to the standard American diet. Pay attention to your food, but don't obsess over it. Don't think too much about food right now. Um, but you, you need to find somebody else to help. Okay. Well, my apologies to everybody listening. I didn't mean to drag everybody through the mud, but you know, uh, that's just, what this show. I got to do something. I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Hey, Herschel, that, th that's what this show yes, is sir. for. And if there are things that people don't like to listen to on the show at times, that's why they have buttons. They can go listen to something else. This is true. This is true. This is what we All do. All right, here. Kevin, I'll let you be. Yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay in touch. Go find somebody today. Don't put it off. It's going to be hard. So let me give you some other advice. This is going to come down to just pure willpower. There's no other way around this one. And I don't like to depend on willpower because it's not very, um, it's not very dependable. 
One of the things we know about right. willpower is it's like a muscle. Um, the more important decisions we have to make in a day or a week, the worse our decision-making gets. Our willpower gets weaker and weaker, just like lifting a weight. Every repetition makes us a little weaker, and then at some point, the muscle just gives up. That's where your willpower is right now. Y you have almost none oh, left. Yeah. And unfortunately, no. we have to depend on willpower for you right now. There's, there's nothing else left. So you've got to try to avoid other big decisions if you can. So the most important decision in my mind for you right now is making that decision to go find somebody else to help and go do it. So make sure you make those decisions first thing every morning and do it right now before the day gets away from you. All right, Kevin. All right. Want to hear back from you soon. I will let you go. All right. Okay. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. Bye. Let's go to Vermont. Casey, welcome to the program. Oh, let me try that again. I hit the button, but it didn't work. Casey, now you're on. Yeah. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, first thing is, uh, Herschel put on a good fight. Just keep fighting it. He will. Um, I know he will. We're thinking of him out here. Um, Lord knows this time of year can be tough on people. It really is. Uh, my first question is just a quick one about hot honey. I did a little experiment with it this weekend. Um, I noticed they started floating right off. Just keep, it says on Google to just keep turning it and coating them. And then they just float back to the top. Is that what normally happens or? That's one way. Um, I don't like to have to mess with mine that much because I've got multiple batches going on and I get busy. So I, I use weights. Right. You do use weights. Okay. I didn't know if we should use a weight on it or not. Yeah, I, I do use weights. Now, the one thing I won't use that we typically use in fermentation, you know, a lot of times we'll take a big cabbage leaf and use that and you kind of push right. it down and... I, I right. won't do that because that cabbage flavor will infuse into the honey. And in a typical ferment. Right. Yeah, I that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't mind that in a typical ferment. It's just fine. It doesn't bother anything. But in the honey, that cabbage would change the flavor profile I'm, I'm looking at. So I, I use weights. I have glass weights. I have ceramic weights. Okay. I have clay weights. I, you know. Yep. So, yeah, that's what I would do to keep it, keep it under the, the honey. I'll, I'll throw one in it tonight when I get home. There you go. Um, second thing, the other day when I was listening, I had a thought come into my head and just wanted to share it. Don't know if it's something that's viable or not. But as you know, out here, the tribe, we have a lot of trouble trying to help other people, trying to get them convinced that this is the way that a person should live. This is the way to eat. This is the way to do these things. And you can tell them to listen to the show and stuff. And a few of them, you know, they've gotten, ah, it's not anything I'm interested in. It's boring, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I wonder if in your search thing that you have, the where you can search through all the different shows, if you guys were able to put together a compilation of just success stories, guys that have called in that have lost 200 pounds or what have you, 
and how they've done it, their journey, and all that stuff. So you could just click on that and say, okay, listen to this. This is people. This is real life. This is what people have done doing this kind of, you know, eating this kind of diet, eating this kind of way. That's an awesome idea. Now, we are working hard on making our content much more searchable. Part of the problem with podcasting and audio or video is it's difficult to search. It's not like text where we can just do a text search and it's quick and easy. Um, but we've there's some right. technologies on the market that we're, we're kind of hacking together to make an audio podcast just as searchable. And we've been working on that from the very beginning. And, and we've used examples like you will be able to go search the app for oil samples on Cummins X-15 engines, and you will get a link that takes you right to each call in the audio that you can listen. Um, So we're working on that technology. This is another great use for that. So what we need to do is kind of come up with a keyword. Um, Maybe when somebody starts telling a story like this on the air, I get into the habit of just saying the word testimonial somewhere. And then that becomes our search term. And then we could sort by that. And then you're right. You could just go listen to success stories or testimonials. So we're already working on the technology, but you just gave me another great use for it. Good. I'm glad I could be of some help. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's an awesome idea. I look forward to that because that is one of the hardest things is if, if you can give somebody, you know, just show them, you know, listen to these stories, listen to these 10 stories right here of people that have done this and had success at it. It, it would be much, I mean, it would be greatly powerful without a doubt. You're absolutely right. You know, I mentioned earlier that I, I believe one of the reasons we've been as successful as we have been uh, is the repetition. And that is a big part of it. But I, yeah. I, I left out a part. The other reason is the repetition of the success stories. If you listen to the show a lot, you hear them. But if you tune into the show, like you said, you recommended it to somebody, they tune in, they're just not really all that into it. Um, They're not going to listen long enough to hear enough of those. So the idea of being able to say, hey, look, just just go listen to this for an hour. Um, You know, in an hour, you'd get probably five or six or seven really good testimonials in an hour. And I do think that has been another part of our success is because people call back in all the time and talk about their success. I know that keeps me, even when I have a problem and I go off the, you know, beaten path just a little bit, listening to all that and and your encouragement and other people's encouragement, it helps bring you back to center. Yeah. Great idea. Thank you. All righty. Merry Christmas to you and everybody out there in the tribe. Merry Christmas. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Gene, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Hey, uh, I got a, well, I finally got possession of my brand new Joe Morrow Special 2023 Volvo. Wow, congratulations. That's uh, exciting. It's almost like Christmas. Yeah, that was a a big step. I know. It's uh, 
my local dealer had uh, had a stock order, and we was able to customize it, and I got it almost exactly the way we wanted it. But it's close enough. It's still a, a six by four instead of the six by two. Okay. But uh, I got the DC motor with two point one five final drive, and uh, I'm learning how to drive an automatic. It's been over ten years since I since I've been in an automatic. Excellent, excellent. Well, that that's exciting. Out of the box, I have not been below nine mile a gallon on any Phillips. I've done four wow. Phillips now. That's incredible. And I do have it in fuel gauges. Yeah, I have it in fuel gauges if uh, you want to follow it along. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, What's the truck name? It is five six four two nine eight SW. Five six four two nine eight SW. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm going to go follow that one. The uh, it's uh, like I say, it, it, it's and I've been texting back and forth for Joel. I've talked to him a couple of times, and the biggest thing for me to get my head around is. I'm going down the road at 65 mile an hour on my 995, and I'm just a hair over 900 RPM right now. I know that that is incredible. It, it just it doesn't feel normal. I know, I know it's hard to get used to. Right. But it that that's a that's but an awesome. I mean, you know, we we know that it improves fuel economy. Obviously, you're getting incredible fuel economy. But we also have to think about the life of the engine itself. I mean, what wears out engines is friction. If you're running 1,500 RPMs or even 1,300 RPMs, that's a lot more friction than 900. the, The engines that are running like this are going to last a lot longer. The, uh, the other thing that I took and noticed that really, it opened my eyes up through the fuel gauges, I can see my cost per mile in fuel. Isn't that awesome? And I am at 37 cents a mile. Wow. Wow. Most people are at And 50. I compare that. Yeah. Well, the, the truck that I replaced this with was a 2013 Peterbilt 386. Um. Not really the most fuel efficient thing in the world, but it was at eighty cents a mile. Wow! I went from eighty thirty-seven. <laughs> That's incredible! Holy cow! And, um, and, and whenever you look to really stick in, that that that's more than huge. That's astronomical. That is astronomical. That that is so big. It's hard to get your head around. Yeah, and that, and that's only at. My nine, what am I thinking at? Nine point one right now on average, nine point two. And uh, as Joel's told me, whenever it breaks in, given about sixty thousand mile, I should pick up point seven after it gets broke in. And then also wow. add the fact that I'm learning how to drive, learning how to drive it because it, it, it is it's different. Yeah, it's just very different. And it's taking a couple of different approaches. Well, I'm, I'm going to go uh, follow that one because I want to watch this. And for anybody else, it's uh, 564298SW. And in fuel gauges, you can just click the button to follow somebody, and then you get updated on what's going on with their truck. So uh, 
we'll keep an eye on this one. Love those numbers. Well, one, uh, one more thing I want has been perplexing me. I went down to, I took it down to Pittsburgh Power, and I had the OPS bypass filter put on. This motor has a bypass filter already on it. Should, where should my sampling and change the filter interval be at? Should it be on, be, the filter should have probably be on the 25,000? We, we we still like to do the OPS filter at 25,000, um, mostly because if something goes wrong, we want to catch it early enough. So 25,000 for right, most people, you know, works out to about four times a year, once a quarter, not that big of a deal. Take a sample, throw on a filter. Um, I, I, at most, I would change your full flow filters twice a year. Right. That's, uh, well, starting from square one, I have my whole list of things lined up to do, and I, I want to get a baseline on it first before I start making any uh, changes to it. Right. Uh, I say I did put the fleet air filter on it, and we had the OPS put on. Uh, I'm still uh, in indecision between the, uh, the air dog or the, uh, the, the bass system. I, I really don't know what the differences are between them. So here's... Here's the difference now, and, and this has changed over the years. There was a time when there was almost no difference. I mean, they were doing the same things. They were doing it slightly different. The end result was about the same. With the newer engines and the new fuel systems, that second pump that AirDog has is what's making the big difference. Now, you can use the AirDog pump with the FAS, the second pump. But in my mind, if I'm going to use the second pump from the air dog, I might as well just, if I don't already have a FAS, then I might as well just go with the air dog in the beginning. Does that make sense? Yeah, sir. Yeah, like if you already yeah, had a FAS, I would say keep it and throw the secondary pump from air dog on. But if you're going to buy the system, and honestly, because of a couple design differences, the AirDog is easier to install. So, okay. you know, we, we were partnered with Fast for years and years. Still a great product, no doubt about it. Uh, but now on these newer engines and what we understand about the fuel systems, it's that second pump that's really giving us an advantage. And if you already had a Fast, you could add the second pump to it. But since you don't, might as well just go get an air dog system. Yes, it's uh, it's quite also unique starting with a fresh clean slate that nobody's ever messed around with. Yeah, exactly. As of right now, I've got 4, I got four thousand five hundred fifty one miles on it right now. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, yeah. Just filled up. Yeah, I just filled up and reset my fuel gauge uh, about fifty mile ago, fifty two mile ago, and I'm already at eight point eight traveling down I ninety five, first out of sixty four thousand. What a what what an awesome money saver this is going to be for you! Congratulations. Well, thank you. All right, keep us informed. I'll uh, I'm going to keep an eye on your fuel mileage as well. Let's go to Florida. Don, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. Uh, man, what an encouraging call that was. I think when I think I'm back on Freightliner, start making me want to 
show more interest in the Volvo again, especially after that call a few weeks ago or that show a few weeks ago when Joel was on there and he read off all those quality quality shops that are around. But uh, pretty impressive, 37 cents per mile. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm tracking really closely the Freightliner I'm in, and it's, I, think, I think I'm at 61 on my – I, I think I've tracked about 20,000 gallons so far, and I'm at 61 cents per mile. So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Definitely. So, uh, Kevin, you, you know, you might recall I'm on the six-month wait, and uh, and we're three months in now. Okay. And I'm watching the inventory go back and forth at, at my company with all these fleet trucks. And and uh, give me one second. Hey, can you take care of the forklift driver? Sorry, we get we're we're being loaded right now. And okay. I finish this conversation with you. So so my wife had to jump out of there and, and help with that. So anyway, um, I, I was at one of our yards a few days ago and and talked to a driver. And he said, "Well, see, all these truck series numbers are former team team shuttle trucks." And he said they run them up to about three hundred fifty four hundred thousand miles, and then they put them into a a single shuttle driver. So the guys that just run our service center to service center. Yeah. And uh, he said, I can tell you that this one right here that I'm in is coming up for sale in two weeks. And this is a great truck. He said, this thing doesn't use a drop of oil, not a drop of coolant, nothing. It, and it runs solid. He said it did have a problem where they had to replace the fuel pump about 100,000 or 200,000 miles back. He said, and, and, and something else. And it, it wasn't too significant. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, with a so, the truck had six hundred and fifty thousand on it, it's a twenty nineteen truck, and and on that original conversation, Kevin, you're like, you know, you're asking the right questions. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if you started with a million mile truck, but other yeah. buddies that are in the trade are like, God, yeah, six hundred thousand doesn't bother me at miles at all. That's a a great truck to get started with. Here's why I wouldn't get too excited about this. We're, we're getting closer and okay. closer, but I am still believing that used truck prices have a long way to fall yet. They, they haven't come down nearly as much as I think they should have. So here's the way I look at this. When you say it's got 600,000 miles, it doesn't use any oil and it doesn't use any coolant. Okay. That's exactly what I would expect. If it did use any of those okay. two things, it would be an absolute no-go. The fact that it doesn't use any oil or doesn't use any coolant, that, that's just what I would expect. That, that's the bare minimum I would expect out of this truck. So this isn't telling me anything. The guy didn't even tell us what the fuel economy is. That'd be a number I'd really want to know. Is he tracking the fuel economy properly and what is it? The, the fact that it doesn't use oil or coolant, okay, I, that, that's, that's the norm these days. At a million miles, it probably won't use any oil or coolant. That's the norm these days. So I, I, it, it's nice to know that, you know, you know the guy who runs the truck. I may stay in touch with him. Maybe this is the right truck, but my guess is it's not the right price yet. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, he said it's going to come available. He, his guess is he's been told he's going to be in a new truck in about two weeks. He thinks it's going to come available then. He, we swat phone numbers, and, and he said, I'll text you whenever whenever they notify me that I'm getting my new truck so you'll know. And and, uh, and, and all I know is that it's I think it's got 247 rears. It's, it's equipped 
identically to ours. It's a 2019, and we're in a 2023, and, we, and, and we're consistently at right around the eight miles. Actually, when Steve told me to start tracking my my, my fuel mileage, really said, watch it, don't change any driving habits for the first 30 days, and then see what you can do to improve it. And that was exactly right. We did see an improvement when we started measuring how we go down hills, keeping our foot off the throttle. It's a government yeah. truck anyway, so we got yeah. much more fuel fuel mileage out of it but but because this trip is this truck was so uh you know exactly what we've driven for the last two years i thought wow that would be a great it, uh, but you know i, I just well here I here's know. the thing i have to believe that fleets yeah. spec a lot of the trucks the same so there's not going to be any shortage of these trucks just from the fleet you're in alone I think every month there are going to be more used trucks hitting the market, and that will start to drop prices even more. So it's not to say this is the wrong truck. It may be the perfect truck. It may just be the wrong time, and timing is everything. And that's a, yeah, and, I, and I, I looked at it, and I said, you know, if we save 20000 on a truck, and the wife and I start teaming 90 days later, what would the difference in income we could make as a team out there running long runs? Right. You know, with, as owner operators versus what we make as company drivers, these, I thought you know it might double our money right away. These fleet trucks are going to be everywhere soon. You know, over the okay. last couple of years, we've gotten into this mindset of when you find the right truck, you better buy it because the trucks are harder and harder to find. There just wasn't as many good spec trucks on the road. Several things have happened. One. Volvo has had several years now of specking these trucks properly, and that means there's more of them in the market. But the bigger issue is that this market's going to tank. The used truck market is, is about to get flooded. We're just not quite there yet. So I would just hold off. It's, it's not like you're missing a truck that's never going to come around again. Okay. Okay. Just keep an eye on my own fleet, uh, the, the fleet trucks. They put sure. new fleet trucks up all the time. And we've already watched the website where they're starting to fall some. Yep. And it, it almost looks like when you look at the trucks that are over 600,000 miles, they're using like, a, uh, well, if they're, if they're 2018, they're using like seven and a quarter cents per mile that's on them. And the ones that are 2019 are using about 13 cents per mile that's on them or something like that. I hadn't got home where I can really put it into an Excel sheet and, and, and do the compare on it. But right. so we'll just keep an eye, keep, continue keeping an eye on that website and, and, yep. and watching for it. You're, you're, what you're saying is consistent with what, what, what my good friend told me. He said, you know, you're going to see there's going to be always from, from that fleet coming trucks that have been well maintained that, that, just finding one with no coolant usage and oil usage is not that big a deal. It's not going to be that hard to find another one just like that. Yeah, that, that'll be the norm. That'll, that'll be the norm. And they, they've got good specs. I, I'm, the only thing we're waiting for is the price to be right. I, I'm thinking somewhere within the next right. six months, we, we will probably find a bottom. Well, and, 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 and a couple of other things, uh, he, he, the guy, I did check with the desk and the, and the, the shop desk and the guy said, oh, the, yeah, this one's actually had some work done on it, but not much at all. This is a pretty good truck right here. But, but he said, uh, he, he said, we don't, you know, six or eight months ago when you and I talked, you were saying, you know, you want to oil sample your, your, your engine oil, your front and rear diff and your transmission. He said, and, and, and you were saying that's because a lot of fleets rather than make those investments and change in those fluid, they just trade the truck off and get rid of it. So they don't spend that money on it. Right. But he, um, 
he did say 650 on this one, and none of those have been changed. So that was a clear, okay, that would be one, probably one of my first actions to take if, if I did when I do get a truck from them. And then also, um, uh, he said, oh, just lost that thought, squirrel. But anyway, Kevin, <laughs> thank you. That's kind of yep. confirmation from, uh, <laughs> from, from, and, and we, we, we just literally just this morning while we've been on hold, placed our second order from the store with, to get us. I told my wife, I said, I don't know why we didn't get some brain octane on that order we placed the other day. So she said, well, let me get it up over a hundred. So we get the free shipping and bought some bought her own bottle of berberine and, and, uh, and, and some brain octane and some beef sticks and just what have you. So Excellent. excited about seeing those things when we get home today. Excellent. Thank you for your support. Stay in touch. We're getting close. Not quite there yet, though. Getting close. Let's go to North Dakota. Chris, welcome to the program. Yeah, hello. Uh, I've called you before. I've been on uh, basically carnivore for a year and a half, two years, somewhere in there, and had amazing results with it. But I had something strange that happened to me here the last couple weeks. Um, I eat a lot of jerky. A lot of times, uh, like for lunch, I'll just grab a pack of jerky, and that's what I'll have for lunch. I found some that I really like the taste of it. It's uh, low in carbs. I try to stay under 15 grams a day, and I usually do it. But uh, this stuff was like one gram of carbs in an ounce of it, and every time that I eat a handful of that, I get your infamous disaster pants, and it was bad enough to where I was almost thinking it was fat digestion. I was going to do another fat digestion kit, and then I quit eating this stuff for a week, and it totally went away. I went back and tried it again the other day, and it does the exact same stuff to me. Can I'm wondering if you have any ideas. Is this just a weird outlier that I should just stay away from it? What's the brand? Uh, it's, it's called Sugar River and it's their hot and spicy, uh, beef sticks. I actually looked at their ingredients and all I'm seeing on there, beef and pork, mechanically separated chicken, um, flavor, salt, their soy protein isolate and corn syrup, but it's got to be in really low levels because so, there's only three grams of carbs in an ounce. Is that little bit messing with me? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's stuff we don't need in jerky that there's a lot going on in there. That just doesn't sound right to me. And honestly, any brand in today's world that would call itself sugar river, um, th that's just a problem. Um, actually okay. sugar river. Well, looks and like that's kind of, Sugar River looks like it might be a subsidiary of Jack's Links. Um, okay. I'm looking at this stuff right now. Um, yeah, we don't need soy isolates in there. We don't need corn syrup or corn syrup solids. It, that, that just tells me this is cheap jerky and they're using cheap ingredients to make it. And... You know, the person next to you may be able to eat it and not get disaster pants, but you are. That's a pretty good indication. We probably shouldn't be eating it. Well, and that that's kind of where I had, I had landed on it, too. I just wanted to ask you about it. It seemed really strange to me because I can eat 
about whatever I want other than bread or stuff like that every once in a while. And it doesn't really affect me. You know, my digestion is pretty much perfect. It's totally cleaned up. But for some reason, this stuff was like when I started with brain octane and I messed up and uh, I did a double dose the first time I tried it. I get the exact same result from this stuff. Yeah, it uh, just just those ingredients. Like I said, some people could eat this, probably not have any major digestive issues. I, I'm kind of glad that you did because it, it was your warning sign. But th- there's just a lot of ingredients in here that I I just choose not to eat, even in tiny amounts. Okay. Yeah, well, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't indicative of something bigger or what your thoughts on it were, uh, but it sounds like you kind of come to the same conclusion I did. Yep. Okay, well, thank you much. I sure appreciate everything you've done for us. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Christmas um, season. You know, yes, Christmas season, yes. You know, uh, I got it. I like that idea that the uh, couple callers ago said about the testimonials. Um, you know, I, I like, I, like you know, I told my story over the years. Maybe if you wanted to, you know how you do your Kevin's commentary? Maybe you can schedule people like myself and, and, um, and, and such you know, where, where we can have like a quick and then just have a whole spot for them, you know, half an hour, 40, you know, half an hour podcast or story or tapes, hour, you know, I like that. Yes. Like a story hour, story and just, hour. you know, and then just, you just have a whole, like you have destination health, you have that, you know what I mean? You know, you email the people that have this journey and we can go back and forth and have a nice little commentary and people can listen to the stories and you can interject your question is to keep everything moving along. I am making a note right now because I love this idea. Um, and that's, you know, this way it's, it's in one category, like your destination health, like your trucking business and beyond power hour, you know, you exactly. can have a whole category that, just for that. And that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm looking at as we get closer and closer to being allowed to, to being able to have some of the other hosts do the show without me. So I don't have to be there every right. time. Like the power hour, I'm pretty sure I always want to be a part of that show, but it doesn't mean I have to be there every week. You know, it, it kind of like, we, right, you know, right. we've got and rolling like Kevin, Kevin sort of kind of doing right. their own thing. Um, but once we get to that point, then I'm looking at ideas for other things I could be doing with that time. This is a great idea. I'd love to do a show like that. Right. And this way you can go through, you know, um, you know, you, you know, prior to, you know, you, call, you know, we setting up a call, you can have your list of questions so you can, you know, when, when this happened, what did you do? When that happened, what did you do? You know what I mean? And stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's, it's just an, it's just a nice way. You know, you don't have to worry about other calls coming in and, and you could take your time and you can really go through someone's story. Yeah. No, I love that. It's on the list. Right. Right. Um, on the hot honey, uh, I actually, the habanero, I have a, it's a nice, like almost like an aftertaste with the heat. 
it's a nice little like blend. It like kind of rolls right into a nice little back of the back of the mouth type of heat. You, you follow me? Exactly. Unless it's just what I did with it. I don't know. No, it, it, that that is part of what happens. There's still some pretty intense heat in some of these, but it, it's it's been mellowed out somewhat. It it kind of spreads out throughout your whole mouth. It's not quite as intense, but there's there's you you still know there's a lot of heat in some of this. No, I yeah I get that, but I mean it's not a. Like, you know, you eat a pepper and it, and it goes out and it blows your whole mouth apart. This right. doesn't do that. You know, it's a, it has a good taste profile to it from what I can tell. And I've just had, a, you know, I've, I've tried a little bit just on, you know, just having a little sip of it just to see what it does without anything. And I like the profiles. I haven't done much. I just did three batches and I'm working with those. Um, but that's, you know, for someone who's not, I'm not big on, Spice where my whole mouth's on fire, like some of the, you know, the wings and stuff like that, that you get out in places, you know, where you take a bite of it and all of a sudden you're looking for some milk or something just to cool off your taste buds. So it's not like that. Yeah, it's hard to explain. And even the sweetness level is hard to explain. You still know there's something sweet there, but it's not, it's not the sweetness you think of. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It becomes more savory. It comes more savory in a sense. Yeah. You still know there's some sweetness, but it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of just hard to describe that. That's what got me so excited yeah, about this whole project is creating flavors and, and things that I've just never been able to create before. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I also want to put out that I know it's 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 in us mentally. We all have our 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 our, our issues in a sense, but it's hard to get yourself to when you make a mistake to forgive yourself and to move on. You know, uh, like Herschel's doing to himself. He's beating himself up unnecessarily, and and it's hard for him to get past that. And I know because I do that to myself at times. Not maybe to his level. But like I, you know, like I had said, when I go to New York, I kind of throw caution to the wind there and I don't, I pay for it, but it's, I, I don't beat myself up over it. And you we got to learn to forgive we, ourselves. We treat mental health issues far differently than we treat physical health issues. And I'm hoping yes. we can get past that now. I'm hoping there's now enough evidence out there. There is enough evidence out there that these mental issues, whether it's depression, which is primarily what Herschel's feeling right now, you kind of lose interest in everything or anxiety, which is the, you know, you worry about everything. Um, Those are our two primary kind of malfunctions right now. And, you know, when, when, when somebody calls me and I say, look, because of your diet and the way you've eaten your whole life, you are insulin resistant and we need to fix the insulin resistance. Everybody says, oh, okay, good. That makes sense. It's no different now. If somebody calls me and they're depressed and they're anxious or both or either one, I could say the same thing. You're insulin resistant. You're toxic. You've got heavy metals. It, it, it's just 
It's the same stuff. Our brain is no different. We should not treat these mental health issues any differently than we treat high blood pressure or insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome or kidney disease or joint pain. It all comes back to our diet and our lifestyle. We're not broken. There's nothing about our brain that's broken any more than our liver was broken or, and, and we can fix it. But we, we have to stop right. thinking of that as some sort of failure. You know, we didn't really look at metabolic syndrome and say, oh, my God, I failed. But for some reason, right. when it comes to our mental health, we look at that as, as more of a personal failure. And it's not. Not at all. Well, I, I have to say, I think the younger generation doesn't look at it that way because it's so rampant in the young, like my son's age, 19, 20, 21, and a little older and a little younger. But I think my age, your age, we do because we came up in a society that was, we don't show our emotions. We're tough guys. We're this and that, you know, and that all that I think is another struggle guys a little older have, you know, Oh, I should, you know, be, I, I should be able to tough through this. I didn't ask Herschel this, and I should have, and I should probably know this with all the times I've worked with him over the years. But um, just as a general thought for anybody who is struggling with some of this, some anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, um, all of the things that people reach for to alleviate the symptoms and self-medicate will make the problem worse. Alcohol being a big one. Right. Alcohol is absolutely yep. a depressant. And it, it's one of those things that you absolutely have to quit if you're facing. You know, I've talked about it a lot. We should all cut way back. I've said I'll probably never call myself a non-drinker. I will occasionally have a glass of wine right. or a cider here or there. But even, even one time, I can wake up the next morning, and I'm not talking about going out and getting hammered and waking up with a hangover. I'm talking about having two glasses of wine with dinner. I wake up the next morning, and I can feel some you know level of depression for the first couple of hours. It's one of those things you've got to be yeah. very, very yeah. careful of. It makes us feel better in the moment. We kind of self-medicate, but it will make us worse overall. And we can throw in all kinds of vices, gambling, shopping. Oh, all of those things are basically yes. self-medicating. And eating, too. Eating, can be I, one I of those, too. I find myself yeah. doing that. Yeah. I find myself doing that because I've had a run of, you know, issues over the last couple months, some, some self-inflicted and some just trucking moments. Um, and you know, it's, it, you know, you dive into this, you dive into that. You know, I find myself, you know, grabbing a piece of chocolate here where I shouldn't have and stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. We all have our vices and you know, mine used to be drinking. I used to drink a lot. I mean, I used to drink every day and I don't, I ne never was a, where I couldn't go without it. I just right. was, you right. know, it was pleasurable. I thought, and, and, um, but now, you know, it's like, I, I very, like, like you, I very rarely have a drink. You know, I, you know, we had, I had one of those days last week and I, you know, my wife, you know, likes her wine when I'm home and, you know, I had a scotch and, and you're right. I felt like I felt, I felt it the next day. I didn't have much. I had a couple, couple drinks and that was it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we tend, to, we tend to have this and we tend to dive into the comfort, try to get comfortable and, 
get our minds off of it and it kind of affects us in the wrong way. We don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. You know, what you just mentioned made me think of something else, which is the, the things we reach for that comfort us in the moment will make the problem worse. The, the real answer to this, um, is to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable which is the whole point of almost everything Wim Hof teaches. The breathing, if you do it properly, is actually uncomfortable. The cold is extremely uncomfortable. The heat in the sauna at some point becomes uncomfortable. The resistance training becomes very uncomfortable when you push a muscle to pure failure. It hurts. It's the discomfort that's going to make us better, and we keep reaching for the opposite. And you know something? Our conversation here has opened my eyes. I've been putting off doing the protocol and stuff like that because it's uncomfortable. It it's, I, I just, you know, you can always make an excuse. I know. You can always make an excuse. You can always say, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to. And, you know, and, and you're right. I, there was a couple of days where I had some pretty good numbers. I should have just closed my door and did, did the hour and I didn't. I got sidetracked. I was like, Oh, so you want breakfast? And I just, you know, anything to <laughs> not know. to do that, I know. And, you, you know, and, and, and I love, cause when I talk to you or I hear, I listen to your show, I, I get myself back into the mindset. Maybe I, sh- I have to do this. Like I only had four and a half hours sleep. I stayed up way too late last night watching, trying to binge watch a show and it got good. And Ah, uh, one more episode, one more episode, one more episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I woke up with a with a body battery at twenty two this morning. <laughs> oh, that's a rough day. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, and I'm actually done. I'm actually going I'm stopping at uh 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 Lowe's and getting a few things for the house and then I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna probably hang Christmas lights if the rain can let up a little bit down here in Texas and I'm having an easy day. You know what I mean? And Good. probably an easy two weeks because there's not much going on. But um yeah, you know, I, it's it's um, we kind of have to get out of our own heads sometimes, and it's very hard for a lot of people. My son is one of those. Very hard for him to get out of his own head, and and even for me, I got I have that with the like you could see with my numbers, my stress overnight. Yeah, my situation, I'm just letting it letting it pick apart at me, and we have to we myself included, we all have to try to get out of that for a little while. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the good news is this stuff does work. The bad news is it's really uncomfortable. And it, like you said, you can always find a reason to avoid it. One of the the things that I do that helps, I mean, it's always hard. I, I skip this just as much as anybody else does. One of the things I try to focus on when I know I should go do it, I start focusing on how I'm going to feel afterwards. Because after that hour is over, I feel incredible. And I'm so glad that I did it and I can just relax the rest of the day and enjoy it. Otherwise, I'm going to think about it all day long. Why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do it? I should have just done it. Should I go do it now? Yep. I've always had my best results when I was training, working out, bodybuilding and stuff. When I scheduled in my day, in my daily routine. Yep. You know, like I would, you know, I would, you know, when I was working, working out after work, I would, that was, I didn't even go home. I went right out of the truck to my vehicle, to my car and went, drove right to the gym and met my, 
training yep. partner and, and we, we worked out. And when I didn't do that, if I got out of the norm, if I was home or whatever, it would just procrastination and, and excuses. And, um, so, you know, this motivated me to get my ass in gear too. Good. Good. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, re- real quick, uh, all this stuff coming out with this Musk and, and the FBI and the government involved in, 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 se- in censoring speech and how we only hear it from a couple of conservative outlets yeah. on, on the big picture on this. I feel that there's a lot more to this if we ever got into these other media companies. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's why, and that's why we don't hear anything from the, the CNNs and the, and the, the mainstream legacy medias. Um, there's a lot more, I think, uh, going on here. I agree. Going on here. Now, I don't know. I, I've been hearing some things about Musk censoring people that have just been kind of, uh, I heard some things about him censoring people that were giving out his exact locations, which I understand. But now I've hear he's censoring people or banning people on the platform that are just criticizing him. I don't know how true that is. You might know a little more about that, but I haven't seen um, any of that. It's a shame if he, I, I, if he, it's a shame if he's going down this hole. You yeah, know? I hope he doesn't. You know, he even refers yeah. to himself as a free speech absolutist, which I kind of doubt. I don't think he really no, is. No, I know. Yeah. I, I'm hoping at least he's better. Um, at, at, if there's going to be censorship on the platform, which he has every right to do, just like the last owner and board had every right to do, and I supported their right to do it, it's their platform. It's private mm-hmm. business. If you don't like certain things said on your platform, that's your choice. Then I can choose, if I don't well, like the way you run your platform, I, to go find something else. I, I'm fine with that. But I hope he's Well, I agree with that. But when, when you have the government involved. Yeah, then there's a problem. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's sentiment. I agree with that, that philosophy. My company, I run it the way I want to run it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to use me. Um, but, but when you have you know, exterior forces that aren't supposed to be doing this, doing this, like the government for a hundred percent, they are not supposed to be involved in this and telling people who's, who's correct, who's wrong, who's right. You know, um, so, you know, they can say anything they want on, 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 on their podium. They can start off at anything they want to start off, but they cannot, they, they cannot tell, they, they should, they are not able, they're not allowed to tell a company you can't have this happening on your platform. Correct. And, and if nothing else, even if Musk does step in, and in my opinion, maybe he's over-censoring things, if it's his decision and there's no collusion from the government, well, then of course I'm going to say that's his right, just like I said the last owners and board. It was their right to do that. Once we found out there was government involved, right. now we've got a much bigger problem. So if Musk decides that right. he still wants right. to censor people and he censors him just based on his own criteria, so what? That's his right. And I would support him. Now, I may leave the platform. I, I hope he doesn't. I hope he's 
I hope he's much better at this. I realize, look, I've talked about this struggle running my own websites for the last 20 years. I've been through this. We started out, I said, I am an absolute free speech absolutist. You say whatever the hell you want to say, I'm not going to ban anybody. Well, I realized that was a mistake. You can't do that. As much as I would like to, it becomes disruptive. It seems like the people who are willing to just post shit to cause problems have a lot more time than the people who are posting things trying to help. And it, it and they take over, and that's what happened to a couple of our platforms. The people who did who just right, wanted right. to cause problems, and we let them, look because I said I don't care what you say, you can stay. We'll just ignore you. After a while, they yeah. become so overwhelming, you can't ignore them anymore, and then the platform itself starts to suffer. Why did I invest all this money and that's time how, into building that's this how place? These companies where people can help each yep, other, yep, that's a, and then we can't help right. each other because of the assholes in there just causing problems. So you have to delete and censor some on the internet. You just have to. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, that's how these, these, these Fortune 500 companies become woke, because it's only a small m- minority with the loudest voice. Yeah, and they're just so damn reason, persistent. They... they yeah, yeah, they just go out of their way to make life uncomfortable until they get their way, and they're never happy. You know, it's it's you know, it, you know, once they get their way, it's something else. Like, you know, I have a philosophy. You and I can go and have a drink. Whatever you do behind closed doors is your life, and leave me alone. But it's not. That's never good enough for them. Right. They they have to. You have to start thinking. And doing things the way they want it. And even when you say, "Okay, I'll call, I'll call a guy Karen, I'll call a girl Jim," that's still not good enough. It's still not good enough. No, it, 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 I don't know why. I don't know why. It's yeah. still not good so, enough. You know, those. One of the, you know, we, we. I started to look at it like, you know, let's say I decided to have a party at my house and we were going to sit around and talk about whatever anybody wanted to talk about. Um, There are lots of topics that if somebody wanted to talk about them, I would say, look, I don't want you at my house anymore. And nobody would think anything about that. Well, you know, those websites that I run, sometimes I have to look at them as my house and my property. I I wouldn't allow you to walk into my warehouse and talk about certain things or say certain things either. That's my choice. Correct. And, I, I'm not going to allow people just to run rampant on my websites anymore and say a bunch of crap that is designed only to cause problems. I, I'm just not going to put up with that. And I don't have to. And if, if people say, well, you left a platform because you got censored. Yeah, I did. That was my solution. I went and created my own. So now if I censor you and delete you, you've got a choice. Go create your own damn platform. Right. Right. Or just go back on. I, I love Facebook for that reason. I just didn't like the toxicity in it. Yeah. You know, I still have yeah. my, I mean, people can search me. I'm still there. I didn't close my account because I like to go on the marketplace and buy things once in a while. Right. Um, but that's really the only reason I go on there. Yeah. The, I, uh, I never uh, comment. I never look, I never look at any news feeds. I never look at any notifications. I don't care. 
about that. Yeah. I'm not into it, you know? So, I mean, it, it stinks because there was some people I did keep in contact with, but you know what? If I want to, I have their numbers. If I want to <laughs> talk to them, I call them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I agree. So um, hopefully, I, I hope he does a better job of censoring. There's going to have to be censorship. There just does. You can't run a platform with a billion people on it and allow everybody to say whatever they want. Now, some people would say, well, you can because everybody can block them or, uh, you know what, in the real world, it just you just get tired of constantly fighting against it. And and I, I, I get it. I don't know what the answer is, um, but I can tell you right now, he's doing a better job than the last group. Let's go to Iowa this time. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Hey, um, I'm not sure. I've been thinking about how I wanted to kind of start this conversation out. Um, anyway, I guess I'll just tell you, um, my mentor, uh, washed his hands of me completely about a month ago and I didn't understand why. Um, but anyway, I think I've started to understand it or get some insight into it over the last month, but it's left a real hole in, you know, like a void in my life. I mean, I'm a brand new owner operator out here since August 1st. Um, I was a company driver since November 24th of 2020, you know, and I'm, I've got a lot of common sense and I'm mechanically inclined and I've, you know, this is a real good fit for me. Um, However, that being said, I have a classic truck with over a million miles on it. And, you know, this guy, his dad and my dad were best friends. And we've, we became quite good friends over the last couple of years. And we talked every, in fact, we talked today where he, after he, he blocked me right after that conversation. And I've, I'm humble and I've done everything that, you know, I listened to him and, and would, do everything that he suggested that I do. And I'm a quick learner. And so I'm wanting to see like, if you know, what's available for, is there, a, you know, like maybe getting another mentor out here, um, within from the tribe, he wasn't a tribe member. So let me ask um, you this. He wasn't let, somebody. Let, let me ask you yeah, this. Go ahead. It, has he told you why he doesn't want to work with you anymore? Is there one specific thing? No, he just totally blocked me and, and washed his hands of me completely. I reached out to him well, well, wait, um, wait, a couple wait. of different channels. So you're telling I'll, me. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll okay. tell you. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Um, after I started making uh, some killer money, more than I've ever made in my entire life, um, we have a dedicated run out of Dallas that goes to El Paso. And right there in El Paso at the Flying J, there happens to be a strip joint right next to it. And I started going there. I, I did like eight runs back to back to El Paso and, and he didn't approve of that. And I told him, I, you know, I'm just having a little fun and I, I got it out of my system, but he so, completely washed his hands over that. But what I realized was later on is this was more about him than me because I'm going to tell you right now 
somebody really blessed me with a with an opportunity. They gave me a hundred thousand dollars to go buy whatever truck I wanted to, no strings attached. Everything was given to me on a silver platter. I leased on to a company that I was a company driver for, and it turned out to be a really good thing. I'm on track to make like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars as I as a lease leased onto my very first company as an owner operator. And I think he was jealous of that because he had to work for everything he ever had. He had to work for like 15 years for a company, save up the money, buy a truck. And he used to tell me all, he would make little comments like, you're the luckiest guy I know. And then whenever I, something would happen out on the road, like some major, it, it, it could have been career ending, you know, I, super so i'm a believer and and you know we see i saw miracles happen where things that could have ended my career supernaturally just came together and i was taken care of and back on the road and everything just it, it was a miracle and it happened more than once and he would say stuff like that all the time like you're the luckiest guy i know so and so there's a there's a lot to unpack here let, let me just start right there um, I've said yes, this several times recently, um, looking back on my life from as far back as I can remember when I was a kid, I've always felt like somehow I've been blessed beyond what I deserved. And I don't even know what that means. I, I just feel like things always work out for me. Now, that doesn't mean I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and everything's been handed to me. That, that's very different. Right. I just feel like things always go my way. I mean, it, it, I, I look back and I think, how did I get so fortunate? But there's another part to that. I've never taken that for granted and I've never depended on it. And in most ways, I think because of it, it makes me work twice as hard. I, I feel like I, I need to make sure that I don't blow this opportunity that I keep being given by life. I, I better take this and make something of it and help somebody else with it as well. But I, I feel like I have been blessed. Nothing's really been handed to me. I've worked for everything I have, but I just feel like my situation has always kind of gone my way. But, but I've taken a whole different message from that. I've taken the message that if I've been so fortunate that I keep getting handed all these opportunities, I better do something good with them. I better not blow this. So you just may be the same way. And and who knows, have I really been given all kinds of great opportunities or does it just work out that way? Because I am grateful for them. I, I, I don't know. Um, either way, right. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And a lot of people say, well, you got lucky with trucks and you got lucky with that radio show. And I, I can look at that and go, yeah, maybe I did. Um, but I never take it for granted. I don't ever feel entitled to it. And I, I try to make the most of every op opportunity I'm given. So don't let that part bother you or, you know, diminish what you have accomplished on your own. Um, this is more about him. Um, I, I, he may have some very strong religious and moral beliefs about strip clubs. That's fine. 
that's his, his right and his prerogative to have those feelings and thoughts. And his belief might even be, I can't associate with somebody who does that. I, I'm okay with that too. That's his choice in life. It's your choice in life that you enjoy that and you want to go do that. And in my opinion, consenting adults should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want as long as they're not hurting somebody else. And there's and people will say, oh, but those strip clubs take advantage of the women only because the women allow them to. And somebody can say, well, they 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 have kids to feed. I, I get it. We all have a life to live. We all choose how we're going to get through it. So I, I don't judge other people for any of the decisions they make. And I, I would. But and this is just me. That would never be a reason for me to stop mentoring somebody. So I would forget all of that that's gone on so far, but I, I would I would have you start thinking about something different than what you're thinking about right now. Forget everything that just happened. Not much you can do about it. You didn't do anything wrong. You're better off now that he's not going to be mentoring you um, because that just wasn't a good fit. I'm not saying he couldn't have been a good mentor. He might be for somebody. I don't know. Uh, but for you, it certainly wasn't a good fit. So you're better off just to get out of that anyway. My next question for you would be, why do you think you need a mentor? Well, I've been kind of asking myself that very thing over the last month. Um, I just know that I'm out here all alone, and and if something happens, I can you know I have access to you and Pittsburgh Tower, but it's during limited hours. Before he really took me under his wing, and I had a lot of problems with this truck when hey. I I'm talking like sixty thousand dollars worth of problems when I first put this truck on the road. Yeah, and he took me under his wing, and he, I I, I and get that. I don't. At some point, that becomes a handicap, in my opinion. At some point in your mind, you're like, oh, well, I don't need to know that stuff. I have all these other people I can call. Um, Absolutely. So I have mentors. Those people have no idea that they're my mentors. I can learn from a lot of people. (laughs) And and it's not a mentor that I could call at three o'clock in the morning and say, my truck's broke down. What am I going to do? But I, I read what people write. I listen to what people say. I learn from them. Um, that could be considered a, a mentor of sorts, but I don't have a personal mentor I could call. And honestly, I don't want one. There, you have the ability to learn the things you need to figure out what to do at two o'clock in the morning when your truck breaks down. Learn them. I do. i I get on Google or try to exactly. figure it out or watch YouTube. So you, know, you, don't, have, you don't need a personal mentor that you can have direct conversations with. You could have 10 mentors. You could have one, you know, guy that you learn financial stuff from and one you learn health from and one you learn business from and one you learn crocheting from. Hell, I don't care. Um, and they don't even have to know that they're your mentor. You can read what they write. You can listen to what they say. You could take advice they gave to somebody else and try it. But, you know, I think that we're all better off when we really try to learn this stuff on our own. 
Well, I am. I'm trying to, I'm absorbing as much as I can. But So what is the mentor program or mentors that you have for then? What Are they just for people that are just, don't know any anything about trucking and they're and they just jump off the cliff and build the parachute as they go down because that's what i did well how did that work out for you it's working out okay <laughs> it's it's I, this year by the end of the year i guess i will i will be um I, I'm, not, I'm not at the point where I've been able to cash flow this yet. It's been on a credit card. I run it up 20 grand, pay off 10 grand, run it up again. It's been like that for four months. But but now, you know, those repairs are becoming less and less and less. And now by the end of the year, I believe that I will be able to, I'm going to pay this credit card off completely and then be able to build up. I want to get, you know, I want to get 15,000 put back for an end frame because this truck's going to need it. And I want to be able to start cash flowing it. And then, I, you know, and, and then, uh, of course, I'm going to have your tax guys do my taxes this year. And then I'll, I'll just have to reevaluate and see where I'm at. But I, I, I'm a little scared. I mean, it's scary Good. and it's, it's awesome. And, I, and, I've got, and I've got that crap out of my system with the whole titty bar thing. I, I just felt like I was 20 years old again on top of the world with this you know, 550 horse cat under me and a classic Pete and making more money than I've ever made in my entire life with this once in a lifetime so, opportunity that was given to me. So Brian, and I, Brian, I let it go to my head for a, few, a couple of weeks. You, you did. And a couple <laughs> weeks is nothing. I've, I've seen people let that kind of stuff go to their head for a couple of years and they'll ultimately end up failing because of it. You, you got it out of your system. You recognized it and you're scared. That's the, that's the best thing I heard about this whole call. That, that fear is what keeps you in line. That fear is what makes you take a step back and say, am I doing this right? Or am I heading down a path that's going to lead to failure? You're already questioning yourself, which is all you need. Okay. So just so, keep doing what I'm doing then, I guess, is what so, I'm hearing from you. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to put you back on hold. We, we have people, you know, Steve was just on a little bit. He loves helping people. But, but I, I don't know that you should look at anybody as though they're like your personal mentor. And if you lose them, no, there's now a problem. I, I, nothing wrong with having okay. people okay. you go to for advice. But I, I would look at as yourself as your own best mentor. Okay. So it's a matter of of perception then of of, the, of looking at the lens that I see my reality through, kind of like you know exactly. what I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. Um. So you're gonna put me on hold and I, and I am and what? Yeah, I am. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, if you want to call Steve or we have a couple other people that volunteer, you know, to help people like this, that, that's fine. I mean, there, we can always learn from other people. I, I'm not saying for a second that I only depend on myself. I said, I have lots of people I could look at as mentors. They don't even know it. 
I want to know the information myself. I want to keep learning myself and I want to be able to depend on myself. You're at that point where I think that's what you need now. You need to get more confident in depending on yourself. Let's go to Texas. Gary, welcome to the program. Oop, let me try that again. My button doesn't seem to want to work today. It's not very responsive. Gary, go ahead. Yeah, you were talking a while ago to the guy that had some disaster pants. Yes. So that brought to my mind. Um, my favorite meal is fried pork chops, fried in, in marigold butter, and fried okra the same way. No bread, no nothing on the okra. And I love that, and we usually try and have that once a week. But every time, and it's my favorite meal, so that's why I keep eating it, but every time, maybe from 1 o'clock in the morning, sometimes I have to get up and I have disaster pants, and if not, I can make it all the way through the night. And first thing in the morning when I get up, uh, disaster pants, and maybe an hour or two hours later, I've got to go as much as three times, every, pretty much every time, at least twice. So, so maybe three times during that that morning, uh, it's disaster pants, and then everything's okay. But I love that meal, so I keep eating it. So I was just going to ask, what what do you think over this? So did you say it was okra? Okra. Okay. So there's okra does that to me. There's two possibilities here that would cause this. Um, the butter, possibly, yeah. if you have poor fat di- digestion. Are there other times okay. where you consume at least that much butter and don't have the same issue? Uh, every morning in my coffee, I put. I usually have three, three, two to three cups of coffee in the morning, and I put a pretty good chunk of butter in each. So I, then I don't think it's the butter. I actually think it's the okra. Try okay. having the, the meal without I the okra see. once and see what happens. Oh, oh yeah, that's what it is. It is the okra. There's no doubt. I mean, I can eat just pork chops and nothing else. Um, and a lot of times I do. But when I have my okra, uh, so I don't want to give up my okra, but I can. And that's something I shouldn't be doing. Well... I don't know. Um, Clearly, there's an immediate reaction, but you've said, I know what the reaction is going to be. I'll deal with it. It's a fair trade-off. I really enjoy the meal. I'll deal with the consequences. The short-term consequences are disaster pants, and you're willing to deal with that. I I don't know if there's any long-term problem or not. Um, some foods just don't agree with us. Okay. It might be more fiber than your body's used to. I, but I, I don't know, and I don't think anybody could answer this honestly. Is it doing any long-term damage that we should be worried about? I, I, my guess is probably not. Um, it's not like this is something you eat yeah. every day. And if you're willing to say, you know, look, it makes me a little uncomfortable and I have to deal with this, but I really enjoy it, so I'm going to. I don't know that there's any long-term damage. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping to hear, but I might cut back on it some. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I absolutely know that every time I ingest alcohol, it's not good for me. 
I know that. And I've said, I'm probably not going to quit completely because once in a while I enjoy yeah. it and the trade-off is okay. And I do it less and less um, because the trade-off isn't as okay as it used to be. And, and maybe I'm just getting smarter or maybe something else has changed. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to try to live a life that's so restrictive. I have no joy left either. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess that's about all I have. I'm, I'm pretty it's sure. My mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the alcohol I consume once in a while is doing more damage than the okra you consume once in a while. Okay. You know, if you were if you were All telling right. me it was it was Fruit Loops, we may be having a different discussion. But I mean, this is a natural, real, whole food. I, I just wouldn't worry too much about this one. And really, I don't remember. I've always loved okra, but I don't remember in the past up until I don't know two or three years ago, and we've been eating your way for several years now. But I don't remember this being a problem until maybe two or three years ago. That so That's entirely possible. I mean, when, when you make those kind of changes to your diet like you've made, something's going to change, and this is just one of those things. Yeah. And um, you said something about fat digestion. How, and I've heard you say look in the toilet, and I don't know what you're looking for when you look in the toilet, but how do I know if I'm, if I have problems digesting fat. So the indications would be your stools are either light brown or even gray almost. That's that's an indication of poor fat digestion. And shiny stools or or fat actually floating in the water that you can see, those are all the signs. That's what you're looking for. Okay. And, and, you know, if you, you know, if you have poor fat digestion and you eat a big fatty meal and you aren't seeing any of those signs, then you probably don't have poor fat digestion. You may have some other digestive issue, but fat digestion is usually pretty easy to figure out. And we know how to fix it. Sometimes it takes a little while, but we're we've always been successful in fixing it. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? All right, well, I'll keep an eye on that and see what. Uh, no, I think that's it. And All I right. appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up. We've uh, blown through all the calls. We're at an hour and a half. It was a good day. Like I said, I'm going to take it a little easier this week. Um, I may put some time into projects, but not a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to do the show and catch up on some novels that I want to read and uh, who knows what else I might do. We'll see. It's going to take it a little easy for a couple weeks and then uh, come out swinging in January. We will, the schedule today, we've got uh, the power, this week, we've got the power hour tomorrow, Destination Health on Wednesday. I don't believe we have any uh, guests 
Thursday will be a free-for-all and rolling toe. So thanks for joining me. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.